Well, listener, here we are. The end of the adventure. 71 episodes of Lovejoy completed. We want to say thanks so much to all our patrons, past and present. Andrew, Terhi, Arwell, Jessica, John H, John M, Jess, Robin, Mary, Claudia, Kevin, who joined us for an episode when Helen was on maternity leave, and Nick, who sent us a brilliant breakdown of his Lovejoy journey. Because of their generous support, this podcast will be able to stay on air for at least another couple of years, so anyone discovering or rediscovering Lovejoy will still be able to access every episode. You can still join us on Patreon. Um, It's patreon.com forward slash Lovejoy actually. And when we're not producing podcast episodes, we'll pause the donations. And we must also say thank you to all the friends of the podcast over the last couple of years. The other podcasters, Midsummer Maniacs, who were brilliant guests one episode and it kindly invited us to join them as well. Um, Antique Dust, who've been a great support. Um, and the boys from Brovjoy. Where did they go? What happened to them? We'll never know, but I secretly hope that they listen in. And of course, thanks to Kim, who is our first ever fan. We love you, Kim. And to Marvin Gore for his incredible theme tune and all his contributions to various episodes. And of course, thank you to everyone who's joined us online at Lovejoy Apod and made Lovejoy Twitter a thing. Um, Do join us on our social media if you haven't already. Polly's promised to keep Lovejoy Twitter going, so do join her there. Um, It's also where you'll see how well we manage with our half marathon, which is coming up at the start of October. We are running 13 miles around London's Royal Parks to raise money for Royal Trinity Hospice, who looked after Dudley Sutton at the end of his life. You can find a link to the donations page in our show notes. Every little helps, so it'd be great, even if you can just spare 50p. And with that, I think we'd better get on with the episode. Be happy, listener. Live, laugh, love joy. Love joy, actually. <laughs> Everything about this is going to make me cry, and I'm in an emotional mood today. I'm not sure why. I just. Um, I'll tell you why it is, Polly. It's because you had to watch this episode, which has dragged me into a oh pit my of God. absolute depression. It, <laughs> so it's upset. so awful. And I've had quite a depressing... Uh, I've had quite, not a depressing week, actually. No, I've had quite a nice week. But, or so it's only Monday. But, um, <laughs> you know, the last few days have been fine. and Yeah, but this, this is hanging over everything like a pall. Like, just like a mist of misery. And I don't feel like we can go through it i think we're gonna have to after this do another episode which is a kind of debrief yeah i think we should do an episode and tell us what you think listener but i think we should do an episode to round everything off where we talk about which one of all the series was our favorite like the other series what did we have one antique from the whole thing that we that's the one above everything yeah that would be good actually your top hits or your top of everything yes Yes. We should do that, definitely. Anyway, all right. Well, in that case, let's... let's... Oh, I just... I, I, honestly, this episode, 
destroyed me. I'm not. I, I, Polly had said, oh, you're going to need the tissues for this one. It's sad. And I thought, you know, well, obviously Polly feels like that. Like she, you know, her 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 boyfriend Ian McShane. Uh, we won't see him every single week no. for the next seventy one weeks. Or he got in a truck done. and drove off. He went away, and uh, so obviously she's going to be sad about it. But I mean, it's just a TV series for heaven's sake. Oh it's my not god, just I a was sacrilege. Not just a TV series. Honestly, I won't. I wouldn't say I was heartbroken, but I would say every heartbreak I ever had got twanged. So it was like really painful. Like, oh my goodness. Well, we'll come to it. We'll come to it, but maybe oh. we should say who we are and what we're doing. For the last time. Everything yeah. is going to be for the last time. Oh my it's God, really sad. It's really sad. Can we cope? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, I feel like I have to say it in a sort of sad voice. Um, you do. So, yeah. Hello. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the last ever regular episode of Love Joy Actually. A recap podcast about Lovejoy and oh, the last oh, ever because we are we are there. We've arrived, we've reached our destination of the final final episode of Lovejoy. Which is really sad. I thought it would never come. I'm Helen. I'm sad, Helen. I'm I'm what's a I was gonna do some sort of alliteration of my name and a word for feeling sad. Like I'm Heartbroken. Heartbroken Helen. Oh I can't do I'm, one. I'm trying to think of one now. <laughs> Well, you don't really have a very alliterative name. It's not very easy to no, alliterate it's quite a vowel. hard, isn't it? I'm to uh... alliterate a vowel, yeah. Mm. No, I can't think of one. And I think there is a really good word for feeling like melancholic, but I can't think what it is. Well, actually, it doesn't have to alliterate, does it? I'm melancholic M. Oh... I quite like just I can't I quite like just gloomy poll because that's what um Eeyore was. Yes, was gloomy. I was gonna say it's got touch oh. of the Eeyores. Go on, Paul, you can be pe- gloomy. Yeah. Gloomy poll, the uh eel, the old grey donkey. Aww. Um so yeah. But I do have a brilliant cocktail just to bring us back to, you know, before we uh before Go we on. launch in. Cocktails always change. Because up. I think people need this, particularly in this last episode. Um and it's called Adios, motherfucker. <laughs> Because oh. I thought, I thought I'll find. Well, it's also got so much booze in it, which oh. is it's amazing. I love cocktails. Should have all the booze. That's the point of a cocktail. All the booze and all the swears. Yeah, it's got in it. It's got in it um, vodka, rum, gin, tequila, uh, blue curacao, sweet <laughs> and sour mix, lemon lime soda, garnished with a cherry. It sounds a bit disgusting. It sounds like actually. top shelf. What is that? <laughs> it looks horrible. It's just like you know what that is. That's a very unhappy person who's just been dumped and raids their drinks cupboard and finds just bottles at the back that are still there and just oh, I have some. Uh, I mean, it's, it's literally there. the perfect drink for this episode, particularly as it's got gin in it. By the time they've drunk it, they're like, "Yeah, adios, motherfucker." Okay, <laughs> adios, motherfucker. Um, so it, yeah, it is very. Sad. Well, that sounds very, very untasty, but very appropriate. Um, so yeah, today we're talking about series six, episode ten, <laughs> last tango in Lavenham. Oh, and they really I have to say they really did milk for all. It was, this is the most manipulative episode for oh, a, for a fan so well ever, done. and it's a great brilliant. title because last tango in Lavenham is so nicely like alliterative, and, almost better you know than what? the original. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant to like go and look up or remind myself what happens in Last Tango in Paris. Obviously, I've no idea. Um, Helen, you like France. What happens in Last Tango in Paris? I don't know. I don't like Paris. 
Oh, do you not? <laughs> I'm sorry, Parisian listeners, of which sorry. I'm sure we have many. No, I don't like Paris. <laughs> I absolutely adore Paris. I have my uh, my honeymoon in Paris. Oh, that's beautiful. It's about... Um, it's really sexy, right? Or am I it is really sexy. Else? But isn't it, about, isn't it about a guy who sort of has an affair or something? Just for editing M, editing M in the future... We went down a bit of a rabbit hole here about what happens in Last Tango in Paris, and I've decided, retrospectively, to cut that out of the podcast. If if you don't know what happens in Last Tango in Paris, look it up yourself. Yeah, it's exactly. a little scene, as we've discovered. <laughs> Which doesn't happen in this episode of Lovejoy, thank goodness. <laughs> oh my God. Right, forget I mentioned Last Tango in Paris. This it surprises me that this title has been used. I, 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 let's just say I wonder if Ian Lafrenny had actually seen the film. I'm sure uh, he'd seen it. I think because when I think of Last Tango in Paris, which I've clearly never seen, or if I did, I was much younger. I think of it as being like a really sexy romantic film, right? It's a Last Tango in Paris is a problematic film. I'll just say that if you don't want to put in all of the things that we just discussed it's a problematic film and this is i don't i wouldn't say this is a a problematic episode it's certainly no this is a wonderful episode i love it i think it was only used because the title sounded good not because the title was in any way shape or form appropriate and now i feel quite disturbed and it's not a film i've seen and it's not a film that i'm going but to see but also it it does it, has, it it works on so many levels obviously you know last tango in lavenham like you know the last episode the last time we're here there obviously there is a tango. There's um, already been a tango, so by yeah. definition there was a first tango and a last tango. Yeah, oh. I mean it's very resonant title. Um, but I will say there have been other episodes of Lovejoy that have had the title of films or alluded to the title of films, like The Colour of Mary and The Colour of Money, oh, yeah. which turned out to be about pool players, but we didn't realise that the whole time we were recording it. Um, so <laughs> so um, maybe that's just something the writers always throw around in the writers' room of like, what film can we call this after? Do you want to know what UK TV Play had to say about it for the last yeah, time? Yeah, please. We'd love to. Did they go, nothing like the film? <laughs> no. <laughs> No butter involved. No butter involved. <laughs> no butter was involved in the making of this episode. Apart from if they put it on a scone, maybe yes. when they were having their afternoon maybe. tea. Which is Lovejoy what you do in Lavenham. Lovejoy and spoiler alert, Jane, do have a nice looking afternoon tea. They do. And there probably was. But there probably so they was probably had butter, butter on their Clotted scones. cream, like proper. No, it'd be, it'd be clotted cream and jam with the That's jam on true. first. Anyway, do go on. With the clotted cream on first, that's right. So, um, it says, last ever episode of the much-loved drama series. <gasps> I mean, there's nothing to argue about there, is there? For once, they've got it 100% correct. Then the actual um, story. Lovejoy considers proposing to Charlotte just as she prepares to leave for New York. Mm. I mean, so spoiler alert again. He, d- he doesn't just consider proposing, he does propose. And it's not like, when it says just as she prepares to leave for New York, she's not like literally packing her bags when he no. asks her. He's not like, no, don't go out the door. He it's doesn't like do that. the cliche chasing her to the airport thing that every American film ever has has had in it, you know. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just to say, for, for this last recording, I am drinking the Pinot Pinot Pinot. Signature podcast classic. And I have to say, so I told everybody I wasn't drinking because I'm training for this 10K. And then I did a 5k run straight after work, and I've got a gin. Yay! And Yay! I've got some gorgeous. Because it'd be wrong not to. And you've. Oh, brilliant. There we I, are. I'm You're in so exile good. in the countryside. 
I don't like the countryside listener. Uh, and I realised that my choice was bring an entire bottle of gin upstairs with an yep. entire bottle of tonic, which I think would have ended in disaster, or go for like a two-mile walk to the nearest shop and fingers crossed they'd have booze. And they did, and they actually had cans of booze, which is good. So I Classy have got gin Classy tonic. to the last. Yeah. Excellent. Good on. I should have brought some Pinot 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 with me, though. Mm. Even in the countryside, they have to drink cans of gin. In fact, in the countryside, they they have to drink cans of gin. It's the rule because um, they live in the countryside. <laughs> no offense, no offense, listeners that live in the countryside. So right off the bat, I'm going to say this didn't really have a plot and a subplot. I felt like this whole episode was a montage of six seasons of Lovejoy. It was, it was a really montage good. of it was it was great, but it was a montage of people and antiques and tricks and people being assholes and people not being assholes mm. and uh, characters coming into their own it 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 was it was basically one very big montage with flashbacks mm. of mm. every element that we've enjoyed or not or whatever for the past yeah. i think because there wasn't a big like, oh, how's it going to end kind of plot. There was, but it was, it, there was. usually, usually the personal relationship is the, the, yeah, sub, the, subplot. the subplot or the, the kind of subtext even. And this time the main plot was, will they get married? Well, and will they? We'll find out. And the, the subplot, well, there was, I mean, there was a plot. I know what you're saying because there was all the montage and the looking back, but there was the plot as well about, an, which we, which for what we begin with, an archaeological dig. There is, and it, and the flashbacks again to a whole other, whole other echoes of other episodes. So yeah, no, no, there, there was a plot. It, I didn't feel it was a plot that on its own was used to the max in a way that it would have held our attention in any other episode. But then in any other episode, they'd probably have made more of it. There'd been more peril with the whole yes. Nighthawks, which I looked which, up, which also, I would talk about. there was a reasonable amount of peril. I, I mean, there was say. quite a lot. I've, oh, I've yeah. written peril alert with a lot of exp- exclamation marks, so we can do our... Uh, anyway. And I, I will say, this this episode was um, Dick Clement and Lafrenet one, wasn't it? It and was. directed by old firm favourite in my mind best director Baz Taylor Baz Taylor he's yeah. the best director they, definitely just an excellent job all round and it opens with a helicopter which made me laugh because I was like oh did you have some budget that you had to use up so next time you ask for budget they make sure they give you the full amount mm. and it's not that you underspent so you're like right we're at the end get a chopper in <laughs> come on let's go <laughs> and then because I was a bit like oh is it meant to be like a tv show because basically there's an, an aerial shot this helicopter coming over and you see this archaeological dig and I'm like oh it's just like time team time um, team that would have been great was that it was like challenge was, Annika <laughs> was there ever any overlap they should have had that would have been such a cool overlap if they'd had Tony Robinson going I'm here in Lavenham <laughs> oh that would have been great that would have been, been awesome so, um, uh, yeah, so the, the helicopter's coming over this dig, which is next to a, a church, and th- then we go down to the archaeologists who are, you know, uncovering some very exciting-looking Roman finds, like an amazing mosaic. that, like Amazing mosaic. Which we don't hear any more about after that, but, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're finding some good shit at this dig. But we already know that at the very beginning is already a flashback to the Fleming's Umbrella yeah. episode, which was Smoke Your Nose, because wasn't that there was a mosaic in that? Yes, and I actually there. thought, oh, is the vicar and the dog's going to come back? It's the vicar, no, yeah. wouldn't that have been lovely? Reverend Nettleton and... 
Was it Reverend Nettleton yeah, and their dog with so. a silly name? Yeah, yeah, I, um, that would have been good. Did his, were his dogs called after salads? Anyway, that doesn't matter. They but were Waldorf, Waldorf anyway. Yeah. And Caesar? No. Yeah, maybe. Should have been. I, I love, I love a bit of an archaeological dig. Yes. I oh, I love an archaeological dig. So yeah, they're finding some good shit, but then this helicopter comes to disturb the peace because we find out this is actually a church that's next to Felsham Hall. Mm. And it is a beautiful juxtaposition right at the very start of that mm. this beautiful old church and this lovely surroundings and then this tosser in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is a tosser as well. He wants to buy Felsham Hall because it's up for sale. Again. Again. Yeah. So Gimbert's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, really. The bank now own the house and uh, I guess they're selling it to recoup the money. Yeah. Um, and Lovejoy's not very impressed by this buyer. I've written he's even worse than Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Lovejoy's there for some reason. Oh, no, because obviously Lovejoy's there because he comes out of his office to see, like, why is there a helicopter landing on the lawn of Felsham Hall? Introduces himself to there's the estate agent and this buyer. And um, Lovejoy makes some sort of quip, like, oh, I thought it was the Inland Revenue SWAT team. Yes. <laughs> that was quite funny. I mean, that's a bit of a step up for the tenacious tax lady, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it is really. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of years have passed since she turned up in her car with her little pencil skirt. Oh. But, I mean, do we know what's happened to Charlie Gimbert? So the last we heard of him, he was in some tax exile. He was in, in the Cayman Islands, Cayman Islands but Cayman I don't know what's... Maybe something's happened to him where he has lost his assets. Maybe he's... Maybe he's gone to prison or something. I mean, I doubt it. But if, for whatever reason, he definitely is no longer the proprietor of Felsham. No, which is a shame for Charlie, not. really, because he really wanted it. I think I need reminding why he went to the Cayman Islands. Tap, tap. I think he it. just ran away. He did a runner, didn't he? But we, don't, we didn't find out why. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Very mysterious. But yeah, and of course, obviously, Lovejoy is very, very... This is where we start with one of the main themes of this episode, which is not very surprising for a final episode, which is, of course, nostalgia. Yeah. It's so sad. Do you know what's ironic? And maybe it isn't ironic. Maybe I'm using it in the uh, Alanis Morissette way. (laughs) Um, uh, It's the fact we're now sitting here. The whole episode is about how you can't live in the past. You can't look back, even though it opens with him Mm. saying... It opens with him saying sometimes the past is a safer place to be. Here we are, it's 2021, middle of a pandemic. The world is in chaos. We're going, oh, do you remember 1994? Love <laughs> yes. joy. Do you remember what Christmas packets looked like? <laughs> we are literally, we have spent the last, what, three or four years going, oh, when did walkers change their crisp packets? Do you when remember did, when you could bring when people When did cheese and onion change to green? I mean, or whatever. Remember you know, phone to day? Blue. Remember phone <laughs> day? Oh, one, eight, one, eight, one, one, eight, one. Eight this one. whole thing, I think our best episodes have just been us going, do you remember when dot, 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 J.R. Hartley. We talked for oh, ages J. about J.R. Hartley. So this whole episode is Lovejoy doing that. Yeah. And it's odd and sad. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought this was a beautiful like piece to camera as well. His fourth wall it breakage was. was top notch. He's so good at it. He's so natural. He's lovely, isn't he? Um, yeah. He yeah. was gorgeous in this. He was so gorgeous he was lovely in, in this. this. And I wrote the, down the same thing as you, Paul. Sometimes the past is a safer place to be. Um, it's very sad. Which is interesting because obviously he's been in trouble. It's not like he's had a wonderful, easy life where everything's been smooth and then now, it, you know, it's like things have been tough for him at several points. And, you know, mm. so it's... But he has got... It's nostalgia, isn't it? It's like, you know... Yeah. Um, the, you know, the past always seems like a better, a better place. But was it really, you know? 
And then you get this, these amazing sort of little flashbacks, which you can tell because they're in a slightly different shade. Yeah, they put to sepia indicate tone flashback on it. <laughs> Vaseline on the lens as well. But it includes it, it's largely flashbacks in that episode with the hot house flowers yes. and the bit at the end where he says I've got wine on my shirt. That clip that I love so much yeah. is, mm. yeah. is the last sort of thing he remembers. But it, it goes back over what are probably some of our best bits as well, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, when they did the flashback to the band turning up at Felsham Hall, because yeah. Lovejoy's sort of reminiscing and thinking about all the things that happened when Jane was there, when Eric was still around. It was just um, already my heartstrings were being like g- gently sort of tugged on a little bit. But I was all right at this point. I was I was still quite cool. I was like, let's go with it. What's interesting, though, he's thinking about all these wonderful things. He doesn't think about all the various times that Jane was like bashed over the head or Charlotte yeah. was almost eaten by a crocodile <laughs> yeah. or all of those there's a lot of things in the past that were not so great and he goes oh do you remember you know the tango do you remember all doesn't of remember these Eric falling in the river constantly I doesn't remember that that would have been one of my highlights <laughs> I'm trying to think there's some yeah. sort of saying I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking of you know that saying um, nostalgia ain't what it used to be um, but oh, yeah. there's another, there's another, there's another one that's a bit more poignant than that about nostalgia. Basically, saying, but in a more eloquent way, that obviously that nostalgia is bollocks. That you know you're looking back at something that you know with rose tinted specks. But there's, there's, is, a, there's, yeah. a, like, there's a nice pithy sort of saying that I'll probably remember it by the end. But anyway, that's what I yeah. Listeners, if you know a nice pithy quotation about the past, let us know. Yeah, on the Twitter. I, I think you used to be able to die of nostalgia. I think it was a thing that got you like retired out of the army. I'll seeing as it, it's the last oh, episode, do you I'll when cut you could it die in of here. nostalgia. It was probably a cause of death. It was probably written on people's death certificates in nostalgia. like the... I was not making this up. I found a whole mashable article about it, which I will link in the show notes. Um in nineteenth century France there were eighty dissertations on nostalgia, medical dissertations. It was the second most studied um, mental illness after hysteria, according to uh, Thomas Dodman, who's a historian out of Columbia University. Um and he says what they were calling nostalgia is more akin to what we might call PTSD um today. Um he took a look at the historical records from the Union Army um during the US Civil War. Um, and found there were over 5,000 cases among white soldiers, um, and 58 of them were fatal. Um, but then, like, they outlawed it, and then nobody died of it anymore. That's my vague <laughs> recollection of... That's my vague nostalgia fact. Anyway, and then we anyway. see Tinker. Oh, gosh. Mm. Oh, everything about this episode is sad. And oh. it's not, actually. Everything about this episode is happy for everyone but Lovejoy. Yeah. I think that's, that's what what's it is. so awful about it. Yeah. It's watching everyone else take the next step in life. Yeah, and he desperately kind of wants to stay where he is. Like, yeah. He's like, I want to be here. He doesn't even want to stay where he is. He wants to go backwards. That's the thing. He doesn't want to move on. So that's the thing. I mean, it's not that he, cause he could move on. Like, none, It's not like they're mm. doing anything that he couldn't do. Like they're not. They're not doing these kind of things that are impossible for him to do. Oh yeah, they are just yeah. moving on, and people do move on in life, and it is sad. It's sad, but you know, it, yeah, it's um, yeah. For some reason, he is stuck where he is, and he can't move on, which is quite interesting, and be interesting to think about why. Why yeah. is that? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, and Tinker's talking about this pub, like my pub, but technically, if Lovejoy really kind of missed Tinker. He could just go and stay in the pub with him, right? 
So well, Tinker says that a little bit later on. Tinker yeah. says, "Oh, you you could have your uh, your honeymoon down there. Give you a really good rate." Yeah, and there's a real there's a really good line here where um, Tinker's basically saying, "Listen, I need to retire. I'm I'm yeah. past my best. Too old for this. I'm I'm getting on. I've got you know this retirement plan that I can do. I'm going to retire." And Lovejoy says, "Barkers don't retire." And Tinker says, "Oh, this was a great Barker line. did. How clever is that for a clever and for anything?" Ronnie Barker it. did. The best little bit of that is the the is Lovejoy's response, which is, "And what did he do? He opened an antique shop." Mm. And he did. Ronnie Barker did open an antique but shop. What, what's, what's I completely the... missed that. I think I was just laughing at Ronnie Barker. That was the best line. Ronnie Barker did. And what did he do? He opened an antique shop. I, which I didn't know, and that was interesting. Oh, but, I did but, know, and he did. Well, oh, that's what you've learned then. But, see, <laughs> we got that. We got that over early. But I didn't. I didn't know. Like, what's a Barker? It's basically what it, it, it's another word for a, for a, I guess a, a bit like a divvy, isn't it? Or isn't it the guy? It's the guy who finds stuff, isn't it? Isn't the barker well, I don't the know, guy? Because when of... you Google it, it just says a person who attempts to attract patrons to entertainment events by exhorting passing members of the public. Oh, I thought it's yeah. used in the books. It's very rarely used in the TV show, but he's referred to as his barker all through the books. Yeah, in the, that's the word that's used in the books. Or a builder of horse-drawn coaches, or Probably a person who <laughs> strips tan bark from trees. All that. I don't know all that one. I felt like it was the sort of person who sort of goes around finding out, like, are there antiques to be had here? Is there a good deal to be had here? Yeah. yeah. And then kind of goes and reports back. But that's only because I know what Tinker does. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe we're with... Uh... Yeah. But he's also, he's also going to... Uh... He's going to give up alcohol, which is... Yeah, so when he goes well, to run if he's going to run a pub, you got it, you got it, haven't you? And I it's suppose, not going to go yeah. well. Oh, okay. I've just found someone who wants to say what wants to say what a barker is. So a barker is a person who bids for him at auctions and catches the scent of exciting antiques that might be floating around. So really, M was right. Oh, well, there you go. I wonder if it's because I've um, read the books. Well, I haven't read the books. I've read, yeah, because it. But it is. It is more. I would say, sort of in in the books. Mm. So yeah. So because this pub, because this is the pub that Tinker. So going back to. Now we've I'm, seen it episode three of series yes. six episode three of series <laughs> six where he yeah he's basically he has a pub which has been forgotten around. about until now Pilch, yeah. the pilchard in the pilchard i love it so that's what he's, he's thinking to go and not is that i mean i mean say retire i mean this is obviously a new job it's not like I retire mean, actually in the sense it's a significantly more difficult job i would have thought yeah, yeah. i guess you could you could hire a bar manager but it's and it, not... but it is a job you do at a certain. I know I've said it. I think on the podcast before, but this is what my dad did. He left a career. He was a salesman, and he went and bought this pub in the Yorkshire Dales, which is the kind of northern equivalent of going out to you know the the Devon coast, I guess, if you're sort of in the south. And um, he just he'd always wanted to run a pub, and you know, like Tinker, he'd probably always drunk a little bit too much. <laughs> he didn't become a teetotaler though. Yeah, definitely. Well, not. we maybe neither does Tink. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I if I had to We guess. will never know. We'll never know. Um, but yeah, there's a weird bit where obviously Lovejoy's like, oh, Tinker, don't go. And Tink does a very, very weird speech to Lovejoy about how, you know, he doesn't need Tinker to hold on to. He needs someone who will give him sex. 
Yes, it was really odd, wasn't it? It was very I'd like, direct. I'd forgotten about that because all I'd actually written in my notes was, Ooh, Ting. Can you say something <laughs> like what you need is a really good shag? No, he said like you need, you need someone who will give you sex. Someone who give you sex. Yeah. He said someone that will give you It was a bit of an odd way of putting yeah. it. Because he could have just said, oh, you know, like the charms of a woman or something. I mean, it's also slightly misogynistic. Would you like some sex? And the thing is, I'm here to give you some sex. Exactly. It was exactly very weird. Here it is. Very odd. Very transactional. (laughs) I will give you some sex. Here it is. Here it is. Um, What's that? Some sex. Yeah. And also because Beth's in the room when they're having this conversation. So obviously she's going like, equally Ugh. like ew what are you talking ew. about and Tinker's like no no not Beth obviously Charlotte I'm talking about Charlotte so, <laughs> yes. but Charlotte, Charlotte's already given him some sex and, also, and they, they they talk they don't even allude to it they outright later on when she says yes, yes. we had sex <laughs> I, know, I mean they use the word sex a lot in this episode it's like, do you think there was just some ruling that suddenly said you could say sex before 9pm sex <laughs> It must have been because it was so <laughs> suddenly they said it all the time in this episode. And I mean, sex, I'm sex, not a prudish sex, person, sex, sex. as you know. But there was a lot but of sex. I, I felt very uncomfortable. It was just a bit like unnecessarily direct. It was but a it, lot of sex. It did lead us into the next scene where um, Char- Charlotte's there, her dad's there, Sam. Lovely Sam, actually. Lovely I Sam. Know. I like Sam. And, and Lovejoy's there too. They're at a sort of dinner, aren't they? A fancy dinner. We're not quite sure why, or, but it looks very nice. And um, yeah, so we're at a dinner and basically this is where Sam Sam and Lovejoy have a little chat and Sam reveals to Lovejoy that Charlotte's been offered this job in New York that yes. Lovejoy did not know about. That was sad. Charlotte and yeah, Lovejoy says, oh, must have slipped her mind. I thought that was very sad. He played it off quite cool, didn't he? He you did. Know, but you know it, when you find something hurt. out and you and you desperately don't want the other people to know that you didn't know it or that it hurts you. Oh, you yeah, have to kind yeah. of put like, this really brave face on. Oh, it's awful. Of course I do that. I'm sure yeah. they just... Oh, no, I'm just going to... Excuse me, I'm just yeah. going to find the toilets for five minutes. Also, like, yeah, be like, oh, yeah, right. And then, like, like, like have to go and, like, ask 10 other people, like, what's yes. going on with that? Was I supposed to know that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, poor Lovejoy. Yeah, poor Lovejoy. the theme of the whole episode, really. Yeah. Um, so Sam realises that Charlotte and Lovejoy probably need to have a little bit of a chat um, and yes. Sh- Charlotte's driving them all home I think is she or they're in a car well, together I, it's, just, it's implied that Charlotte is living with her dad which I didn't realise I mean has this been the case all along or does he live maybe he lives I don't know maybe she's got a massive house doesn't she but maybe he comes on, and visits she says, didn't, oh sorry go on she says that so eventually obviously so she Oh, I'm skipping ahead, but it's fine. So she she gets home later after this bit we're about to talk about, and um, having dropped her dad off somewhere else, and she says, "Oh, when she got home, he wasn't yeah. there." Yeah, so I think but I, I think maybe it's like Sam. Obviously, we've known in the past he's had these sort of different wives or or whatever, and maybe he's yeah. had a bit of a maybe dental, the latest ones dumped he's him. in between wives. He's in between so wives. <laughs> it's in his between, house. I'm like currently that. in between wives. He's in between, he's wives. In between so wives. Oh has he come for the later on in this episode there's a there's a big do, like a big antiques kind of do. So maybe he's come to Lavenham for the do mm. and he's gonna be there for That's weeks true. so he's just staying with Charlotte. It's the um East Anglian Antique Dealers Association annual ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we are. Um, which I mean, let's come up that, that which is hilarious in itself. Yeah, as, well, you know, you were saying it. I'm sorry, I won't 
You go ahead. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Okay, so they're all in the Sam car. Sam realises that Charlotte and Lovejoy need to have a chat. Yeah, so Sam says... I thought it was really good. I thought that was very astute. Yes. When he said, oh, I fancy the walk. That, but, I mean, it also allowed the plot to take off. It was but, good you know, dadding, a, wasn't it? Excellent It was dadding. very good dadding. He said... Uh, he's a decent dad, actually. He obviously cares. Yeah. He said, oh, I need a bit of fresh air. You don't need to drive me all the way back. Just drive Lovejoy yeah. back. I'll, I'll pop out here and I'll cut yeah, across the churchyard... By a, a massive hole in the ground, which is the archaeological dig, which yeah. I'll just walk through a graveyard next to a hole in the ground because yeah. that's not in the dark, ominous, in the pitch as my grandma dark. would have said. Yeah, in the pitch dark Off without he goes. a torch or a phone. You don't have a phone in those days. You can just turn your phone torch yeah. on. So yeah, there you go. That, so there would be a slight peril alert here, but we're so hung up on what Charlotte's going to say to Lovejoy that I didn't even give a shit that Sam no, had No, I was car. like, okay, Sam's the... Sam's well, the peril alert comes later when there's the ominous music. Yeah, but now we say it's a graveyard and a hole in the ground and it's dark. We really should uh, yeah, but they, signif- they signified impending peril with the music mm. later on, so it's all right. It's all right, the peril is to come. But in the meantime, um, yeah, so Lovejoy then, obviously Lovejoy and Charlotte are alone in the car on the way home. Mm. And um, so he, he asked her about New when York. When were you going to tell yeah. me about New York? And, it's um, kind of sad. And they kind of have this, you know, conversation about it. And then he just comes out with what, I'll be honest, I think was the most flippant and unromantic proposal I've ever heard. Yeah, I've written... No, it pro- isn't. I've told you about mine. <laughs> yeah, Polly got proposed to by some bins. But what did Frank... Frank so, and Frank... Is this what Frank said? And I quote, <clears throat> We've tap-danced around each other long enough... Maybe we should just get married. Is that what I Frank mean, said to you? Close. No. He said he, we stood next to a portaloo oh, in, in the rain in Blackpool off season, and he said, "So, do you want to get married then?" So, pretty much, yes. <laughs> my uh, my husband said before he was my husband, before he was even my boyfriend, um, just used to say. But we are going to get married, so it doesn't really like you. Just need to oh, remember yeah. that bit, and he just annoyed me so much. That eventually, potentially much like Charlotte, I was just, I was just worn just like, down. Fine. I was like, okay, fine, you know what? Whatever. That's great. Fine. Then we shall. Let's let's just yeah. do that. But I've written, yeah, in my notes it says, well, in my notes it says two things. The first thing it says is, this is a very sexy episode. So I think this must be when she said, we've had sex or whatever she That's said. true. She does say, she's not, but she doesn't say it in a sexy way. She's like, we have had sex. Just in case we weren't, in case we weren't one hundred percent clear that they have had sex. There were a lot of no. She repeated. This is this is what I mean about the whole sex, sex, sex. Lovejoy mm. said we had sex, and she said yes, we, we had sex. sex. She could have just said yeah, we did, yeah, and then yeah, we did. And then so I wrote, you mean the sex? Do you mean the sex we had? We definitely did have the sex. We had sex. The like, two of us, me and you, having sex together. It's a bit like a seventeen-year-old, you know, who, who wants you to know that they are having sex. They're definitely, like, yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing that I've written after this is a very sexy episode is he proposes in a completely naff way so I'd obviously gone peak 1994 here because I don't say naff, naff. when was the last time I said no. naff but it was a naff proposal like but I would say come if on, it's a choice come on, between let's not mess about if it's a choice between this and the people who have the pilot announce it on EasyJet, I'd go with this every time because there are much naffer ways but it's all the wording Maybe we should just get married. It's like the it's like the same, most yeah, like non-committal. I think that's the thing. Like not not that. It, and actually, this wasn't the same with my husband. He was very for the idea of I want to be with you till I'm really old, and I want to be around you when we're old. 
But this that Lovejoy did was kind of much more like, well, we might as well. Like, yeah. well, we've had yeah. sex, we like each other, we might as well get married. I mean, that's not a good reason to get married. That's I mean, awful reason to get married, I, I, actually. I think, I think at first step might be to actually be in a relationship with each other. Yeah. Well, they sort of are, and they sort. I mean, it's a very odd relationship. He's made a. He, she's made him diet, so you know it's fairly serious. <laughs> yeah, she did. Put I mean, it's like, they're not even. They're not even together. It's very weird. Yeah, and that I, I suppose for me that the bit that was the bit that was a bit odd for me, and where I just really felt like I couldn't be on Lovejoy's side was Charlotte's running her own business successfully. She's been given this job offer in New York, which she wants to take. She says to him, I, you know, I've always been ambitious. That's what I wanted. I didn't want anything serious. What's Lovejoy got? A barn that's probably going to get sold out from under him when the new buyers come into Felsham Hall. His mate's yeah. leaving him. Beth's looking for other work. It, it's almost as though he's kind of going, but if I get married to you, then... He's clutching at straws, yeah, I can marry I, you. Yeah. yeah. That's what I didn't... That's what didn't... Maybe that's why the me. universe decided otherwise, yeah. and I don't feel that's too much of a spoiler, because everyone's going to have watched <laughs> I mean, this. Hopefully everyone's watched. Also, we're going to tell them all yeah. in about half an hour, I, so, you Yeah, know. I, I sort of felt like, you know, he wasn't really that into it. Like, I think the reason it's so flippant and non-committal is because he didn't really mean it actually but yeah. then she says the the best thing she says i'll give you an answer when i'm sure you mean the question yeah exactly yeah. which is quite a good line meanwhile helen there is it's really hard to zoom poor, poor sam is walking through a spooky graveyard and this is, and the music and there's like much peril kind of music. And poor old yeah. Sam, he's lumped over the head, tonked on the head at, at, at the I've dig written. site. At the dig site, at the archaeological place. Yeah, mm. which is quite yeah, very dark. Poor, poor Sam. So then, but it's, it all moves. I feel like the the plot moves on quite. We're, we're well, we're treated then, aren't we, to lovely sleepy Lovejoy, who's woken from his slumber. By Charlotte oh, ringing he, in her. Oh hour. yeah, he assumes. He just assumes she's ringing to say, oh, "No, I'm not going to marry you." Or, yes, I will marry you. <laughs> Which I mean, is not what I did. Not an unreasonable assumption. But that's quite a major thing that they just had a major conversation, and then she calls in the middle of the night. But obviously, yeah, she's calling to say that. Obviously, poor old Sam's Sam. in hospital. What I did love, though, is his reaction, which perhaps proves that they do need to get married in a way, because he just, he's like, oh, yeah, and right, I'm on my way. Like, that's it, unquestioning. And we've seen, actually, this with his relationships before. You know, when he fell out with Tinker and they were talking via Beth, and then Tinker got injured, and it was all, you know what, forget it all, my friend is hurt. He's such a loyal... And and reliable, and he's yeah. in some, even he's, though he's not reliable, he is reliable. You know, well, he's good in the crisis, isn't he? He's a bit like me, absolutely he useless is. in general day to day, everyday, business. normal things. But push if you a over crisis, the edge. I'm there. I can do it. I'm like that actually. <laughs> I think it's why I'm good at my job. But I'm I'm pretty useless about you know if I've mislaid something, some minor thing can make me. Oh, damn, what a terrible I day. couldn't find my fucking <laughs> phone earlier on. You should have seen me. Absolute meltdown. Big big drama. Absolutely furious. Anyway, so yes. Mm. Sam was attacked at the dig site. Who attacked him? We don't know at this point. We we don't know. And um basically so yeah, as Charlotte says, so she got home, he wasn't there, so she was worried about him. So she um She went out and looked for him, didn't she? Yeah. She um goes out to look for him and finds him like 
Yeah, I don't know if he was unconscious or, you know, collapsed on the floor. She must have been absolutely terrified. That is awful, though. That that kind of made my heart hurt Mm. a little bit because, again, I adore my dad and the thought of finding my dad if something like that had happened is just so upsetting to me. I think that's awful. Mm. Um, Did anyone else, by the way, because bear in mind this is 1994. It's not that long ago. The hospital looked so old-fashioned. The nurse uniforms still looked like something out of Carry On Nurse. They're all in those neat little uniforms. It It just looked really old-fashioned to me. Yeah, very weird. Very, very weird. And then we go, I, I do like, I have to say, this was a nice bit of writing. The whole the whole episode, you can see why, you know, Lafrené is so, and has had so much success with all, was it mm. both of them that wrote it or just Ian Lafrené? I, I think it was, it was both just of them. Ian I think Was it? But I mean, who knows what that means? What did it mean for Lennon and McCartney, you know? But but you can see why they have so much success because then the wonderful kind of juxtaposition between that, which is quite scary, and then Beth on the phone, because we go to Beth on yes. the phone going, no, you can't have your money back. This stuff's worth more than the original. And she turns and he comes in and she says, these people don't appreciate a genuine fake. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that's brilliant. I loved it. I love Beth. I really do. I thought that was smashing. And it, it kind of jolts us back to, oh, this is actually quite a funny series and this is what he does, you know. I thought that was nice. Yeah. yeah. Beth has been an absolutely cracking businesswoman. And then she's like, and don't forget, Lovejoy, I've got the afternoon off. Why has she got the afternoon off? Ooh, oh, we'll find yeah. out later. We soon we find, find out. out later. And then Lovejoy is going off to the hospital to see Sam, who we don't really know how, we presume he's doing okay. Like, we actually mm. really know. He's obviously going to be all right, but he's recovering. Um, but Beth reminds him that he can't go and see Sam or he has to work around his appointment with the bank manager at 12. Yes. Oh, yes, we seem to meet Mr. Brolly. Yeah. Mr. Brolly. But do you think, does anybody think that he was called Mr. Brolly because of Fleming's umbrella <laughs> yes. in the previous episode that it references all the time? I would love to think that's a really, really <laughs> yeah. niche kind of Easter egg that's style a really, callback. really strange bit of serendipity. Really niche little callback. I mean, it's a brilliant name for a back manager. I mean, Love to even says, like, oh, good name. Shelter Good name the, for a back yeah. manager, sort of. But yeah. before before we go to the bank and meet, yes, Mr. sorry, Brolly, yes. I've I didn't realise this, but in my notes, I've actually written something that should have clued me into what was going to happen later, which is that mm. so Lovejoy does go to the hospital, he speaks to Sam, and Sam says, he says, you know, who attacked you? And Sam says, this is the clue, it was big fellas, it was big yeah. fellas, and they they were in a car, and the car had a tow hook on it, like you would take boats oh, yeah, out God, or caravans my or whatever. Knee on it. Oh, there was something so sad about him saying, I remember that because I banged my knee yeah. on it. He's got a massive bandage on his head and he's, oh, it was very sweet. I banged my knee on it and it was like, and that was the last straw. As if it isn't bad enough having your head bashed in, I banged my bloody knee. Oh, yeah. poor Sam. And, I know. And they're speculating about who did it and because yes. there are these people, this is where we learn about the night hawks. Yes. So these are people who go to archaeological digs at night to plunder them. <sighs> Yes. Tony Robinson's worst enemy. Yeah. And they are indeed. And I'd immediately look them up. Did I assume Helen did as well? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> she just speaks with authority. I just she does like speak I know with what I'm great authority. About. I, all I know about Did you look them up, Em? Uh, I didn't look them up. There's something like that. It's our last episode. I thought well. we were all going to go to town on no, the research. It's I our couldn't... last episode, and we were really going to oh, push well, the boat I out. Done, but... but I was sobbing uncontrollably, so I couldn't. I couldn't. They I do, they do exist. 
And they are literally just people who I think it, the wording is with people who plunder digs oh. at night. So when they're when they're not um, properly secured or they're not guarded. And it's a well-known thing, which is interesting because presumably they can't then sell the stuff because of what we learned in Last of the Uzcocks about the fact that it is on land. It hasn't been thrown away. Oh, Most of the stuff yeah. will still belong to people. So but there's all I guess they in, could... which is what he gets him on, isn't it, later on? But anyway, I guess, I guess it, they could sell it on to sort of dodgy collectors, a bit like the um, the painting that we saw in the... Um... The completely like the scream, radioactive on a much egg smaller episode. scale than the painting of the screen. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the I think the treasure trove thing though only applies to things that are like precious metal. Don't think it does. I think it applies to things found on. And also, they look. They've got metal detectors, so it's the metal oh, they're looking okay. for. Because yeah, because she, the the woman the woman um, that he talks to on the site says oh they're a pain you know we do it all really carefully. you know archaeology yeah. is dusting off tiny really painstaking work and they come along and wreck it with metal detectors so they're finding and coins and stuff so and pickaxes yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically it's treasure trove is if it's more than 300 years old and made of gold or silver oh i just looked up <laughs> Oh, well, there you are. But yes, you're right. They are. They're using the metal but that, detectors. Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff they're looking for. And so because they're doing it, but they're doing it in a very blunt way, they're going to destroy this mosaic and they're going to yeah. destroy, you know, really useful stuff for the archaeologists. So Professor Lowry But again, they don't care off. about that. They're, they're in it for money mm. only, which is going to really raise um, Lovejoy's hackles, isn't it? Mm. So, and that, but because Sam disturbed them... They've left behind their metal detectors at the dig, which is the clue, a clue. Yeah. Which leads to their downfall. And I, I have written um, Chekhov's metal detector. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now we meet Mr. Brolly at the bank. Yeah, Mr. Brolly. We do, and he's a bit of a twat. He's horrid, isn't he? A bit of a rugger bugger. I think any, well, he's got that thing that we've seen a lot in Lovejoy. We saw it at the, pe- the people at the golf club a couple of series ago. Yes. He's in a position of power and he can lord it over somewhere else. Even though Lovejoy's made an effort and he's in his suit and he's being very chatty, this guy has all the power and he's jolly well going to use it. And you just think, you know what? You are a small town bank manager mm. and you think you're God. Can I just oh. say this? Suit, suit, suit jacket, shirt, <laughs> tie and jeans jeans exactly what i was wearing when polly met me in a job interview it was absolutely was long before he i just want to point out i'm sure he made this look (laughs) cool long before long it is long before jeremy clarkson came along yeah that's what it is that is unconscious bias it was nothing to do with your accent in a blazer a white t-shirt and jeans i'm not unconscious bias I actually employed you because I'm deep, deep down, I massively fancied you. <laughs> deep, well, deep it, down. It worked out well deep, for me. Deep, That's deep, deep, deep. In my, in my subconscious. <laughs> in your unconscious. I love how they, I love my, how they call yeah, it unconscious. Your conscious. Your conscious. Anyway, so Mr. Brawley says, listen, Gimbert's gone. We own the bank. You haven't paid yep. rent for seven months. You need to get out by the end of the month because a buyer's made an offer. Um, and... And Lovejoy's clearly not happy about this. And Mr. Boy says the most, one of the most horrible things. He says, the bank is not emotionally attached to the house. And I'm like, well, yeah, but Lovejoy is. And he's your, technically your customer. So, I mean, he hasn't well, paid his rent. Well, Bullseye hasn't paid any rent for seven months. So, I mean, because actually Lovejoy says, oh, I suppose you want to talk about my overdraft. And actually the bank manager's 
not worried about the overdraft at this point. He's just more worried about the fact that he needs to, you know, sell yeah. this property and get Lovejoy out of it. I also love how Mr. Broly is telling Lovejoy all about the previous bank manager's drinking problem. Yes. He, oh, yeah, he's not very professional, off. Mr. Broly, is he's he? He's not the most professional no. bank manager Oh, in the and world. there's a really good football joke where Mr. Broly says something about... I don't know if he says to Lovejoy, do you play rugby? or But he, he obviously loves rugby, blah, blah, blah. And Lovejoy says, no, they're the wrong size balls or the wrong shaped balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. But again, you know, I felt that that was a, also a class thing. He's asserting quietly the whole, oh, I'm a rugger, you know, I'm a mm. public school boy. Yeah, he's not playing I mean, rugby league, think, is he? He's obviously playing rugby I, union. I know, I, know that we, I know that we've argued that Lovejoy might be, but you get the feeling it's one of those ways of just sort of letting him know yeah. that he's oh, a Oh, I felt like maybe it was testing him. Like, maybe if Lovejoy had said, oh, yeah, my team is blah, 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 Harlequins or whatever, then maybe Mr. Broly would have softened mm, maybe. a little. He knows, he was doing a he knows of... he's not one of him. Yeah, but... Broly is actually a name. I was like, I've never heard of the name Broly, but, yeah, Broly is actually a... I'm sure it, it is. is. Well, Helen, yeah. he... Didn't you... You know, the inventor of the umbrella was called Mr. Broly. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite line in Red Dwarf. My favourite line in Red Dwarf is when Holly says, Samuel Morse invented the Morse code, Plato invented the plate. That is my favourite oh, line God, in the whole Red of Red Dwarf. Dwarf. Referencing. Yeah. Can I just say can I say at this point at this point in the screening of Lovejoy on UK TV play, um I, it was there was an ad break and I've noticed I'm I've meant to mention this a few times. I keep getting ads in the ad break. For like mm. Greater Anglia Rail, and it's like come and visit <laughs> East Anglia. Have you? Did you have those? Amazing! Well, I do not get. Which I think those. it's brilliant. So I was very inspired to visit East Anglia by a pink rabbit on an advert. There we go. And Beth is visiting somewhere exciting as well. Well, and I didn't know. I didn't know where she was going because I didn't recognise it, and I was convinced. No, I didn't. I've written Beth going somewhere posh. Ask Helen and Polly. <laughs> As I say, I actually thought, because even though I do know where she ends up, because we've talked about it before, but I'd forgotten, to be honest. And I actually thought, oh, maybe she's going to an art school, an art college, mm. to, like, have an interview. Because she had a portfolio under her arm as well. Yeah. So I thought, oh, she's going for an interview at art school. It is deliberately vague and that sort of... I, I tell you what, you can tell she's going somewhere important because she's walking like, I'm going to an interview. It's yes. the I'm going to an interview <laughs> Yeah, walk, Isn't she? She's yeah. sort of strutting. And, and they're like, I'm a, I'm a confident woman. I'm a confident I'm woman. It was, I this. love Beth. I'm so proud of I'm Beth. So Do you feel like you're seeing your daughter after college yeah. or something? So she's going to some sort of Very interview, cute. but at this point, I didn't know what kind... I thought it was for art Although I, I reckon... Well, I knew where she'd gone, but I... We actually went to the Fitzwilliam Museum when we were on holiday once because it had appeared in Lovejoy. Oh, that's lovely. So there you go. Aww. So we went there. Well, we'll put it on our Lovejoy field trip that we will do eventually. We should do, yeah. Oh, Cambridge yeah. is always a nice place to visit anyway. Cambridge yeah. is great. So, yeah, and then we see then we see Tinker and Lovejoy in the pub. Because what we didn't mention earlier is that because Lovejoy was busy with Mr. Broly and visiting Sam, Tinker mm. had to go to the sale for him that he had wanted to go to pick up a couple of things. At the start of this scene, I've written, ah, a local barmaid with a local accent to remind us that we're somewhere local. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love dream. <laughs> was her name Polly or have I made this up? It might have. I, I don't know. Yes, I, it I think it was. But also, like, this is actually the beginning of, like, another subplot, which is actually quite... Yeah, so so basically Tinker's picked up a couple of things in the sale, but I don't think at this point he doesn't tell us what they are. Mm. And then... Oh yes, this was a lovely subplot. And then um, 
And then basically Tink's still going on about wanting to go to his pub and Lovejoy's still trying to dissuade him. And he, he mentions something about, well, see, all I've written down is Herman Kahn wrote a book called Thinking the Unthinkable about the nuclear holocaust. He did. I looked but it I think, up. I think that's just because I think the reason. So I think Lovejoy says that because he says because basically he's saying about how it's unthinkable that Tink could possibly leave Lovejoy. Um, oh, I thought when he said I've been thinking about the unthinkable. Oh, that's he right. He was talking no, you're about right. proposing to Charlotte. That's, that's right. Yes. He's been thinking the unthinkable. That's right. Sorry, you're quite right. <laughs> then I've written in my notes, Lovejoy. Did you propose, question mark? Because I still don't think like he really proposed. He just said, listen, for the sake of convenience and making my life better, maybe we should get married. I don't yeah. feel like he got down on one knee and he, said, here, I bought you a ring, it, I adore you. Let's spend the rest of our lives soon, together. <laughs> very soon he makes up for that, but we'll come back mm. to it. But very soon he makes up for it. But this is a beautiful subplot. And I think this subplot is designed to show this team at their best because Tinker has found them. Beth yes. actually kind of gets a hunch. Lovejoy then tells her what that means and all of them work together to then sell what turn out to be, jumping ahead a bit, some priceless letters. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. a gorgeous subplot to wrap everything up. I don't know, because yeah. when do we find out that he's actually bought let- letters? That's... I think it might be now, isn't it? How is it? I don't know, yeah. to be honest. So one of the things yeah. he's bought in the cell is some some old letters. Oh, that's right. I think it is in the pub. Yeah. So some old letters between John and some lady of the manor, where the Club, which is yeah. where the the sale had come from. Yeah. And he's bought something else from there as well. That I can't remember what it is. Um. And then Lovejoy's at Felsham Hall, wishing the hall well. Oh. <laughs> Talking to the building. He does that goodbye, old house. He, he absolutely cracked me up because he said, I wish you a tenant who won't install, here are the things he doesn't want the tenant to install, this cool. would be bad, a recording studio, a workout room, and a jacuzzi, which are basically oh. the three things I would immediately install if I moved into No, I'd put house. a library in first, I'd, although it's probably already got a library, I, to be I'd fair. Well, I'd, I'd have a library and I'd have a gym. I'd put a oh. sauna or a steam room. Oh, yes. I'd, I'd, I'd love that. If I ever have, like, a spare, you know, room and some spare money, that's that's what I'd put. Well, I would oh, have... I'd have a gym. Yeah, I would have the recording studio, obviously, for podcasting. I would have the gym, so we could train for our... Little runny run that we're doing in October. That's true. Um, and I'd have a jacuzzi because where I'm staying now, in exile, does actually have a jacuzzi. So I know oh, how wow. lovely they are. And I and having one nice. in your house is like, ding It's so relaxing. It's so great. So I I know nice. that he wished it, you know, children and Labradors. But I, I wish those children and Labradors also had access to a recording studio, a workout room and a jacuzzi. I mean, you could have... Because the thing is, the things that he wants to be there are the people and the animals. You could have those people and animals yeah. and the, the recording stuff. studio. Oh, he just said yeah. lovely antiques as well, though, doesn't he? And lovely yes. antiques. Oh, yeah. It's big antiques. enough for all those things. Fashion Hall can hold all those it things. It is. But I was going to say, I think we should let you say what happens next, because this is the moment I think that Em lost it. Uh, yeah, no, it is where I lost it. But I've got a page of notes before that. What happens <laughs> yeah. first is Beth turns up. Is that what... Or, oh, sorry. I presume, yeah. yeah. No, what I up. was going to say is, just after the bit where he's talking to the hall, yeah. and he's kind of talking to us in the hall, I've written in my notes, McShane is carrying this. 
Like the he is, he is. It was lovely. I had at this point, I had no idea that Lovejoy was not a real person. Had never been real. (laughs) Was not, you know, was not like my friend from thirty years ago. I was so absorbed in it. It was just. I was like, this is such, this is all brilliant. And obviously I know that's everything, the writing, the directing, the acting, but I really think he pulled out all the stops for the last episode. No, he did. It was incredible. And you're right, the next bit with Beth is gorgeous, oh, Helen. So sorry, I'll and I have you... got something really important to say, which I should have, which comes into Beth. So basically, this is why I'd written it down. So he's, he's, he's trying to sort of give a fond farewell to Felsham Hall, wishing it well. And Beth kind of comes out, comes sort of running across the lawn, sees him. And Beth says to him, who are you talking to? And he says, I'm talking to myself as usual. And I don't think in any of his fourth wall breakage, in any of the other episodes, has anybody challenged him on it, mentioned it, made a big deal of it. And I just thought... It was so clever. It was so self-reflective was. of the whole series to be like, we know he's been doing this for six series. The audience knows he's been doing this for six series and it kind of is a bit daft because the characters never mention it. And finally, in the last episode, they they mention that they sort of draw the curtain or whatever. I just... It was great. And we learned that he's not really talking to us. He's just talking to himself. Yeah. Yeah, I felt... I felt... Uh, I felt cheated. It makes it sort of a bit more sort of weirdly intimate then, doesn't it? No, it does actually. And also a bit more, it makes sense because that makes sense internally to the programme. Like, obviously he's talking to himself because we're not there. Like, we're not actually there. (laughs) Where we are. Look at us. I'm definitely there. I've been there every step of the way. On the podcast, when we want to talk to you, listener, we address you specifically. We say, hi, listener. Listen. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. We talk to you. But when he's breaking the fourth wall, he never says... Well, viewer, or well, audience, sort of he doesn't means do that. He is talking to what himself. It, what it is is an internal monologue, but do either of you ever have, this is going to make me sound hugely narcissistic, but that sort of internal monologue, almost like somebody's narrating your life, If you're particularly if you're in a good mood where you're sort of marching along and you could almost have uh, a narration, preferably in David Tennant's voice, <laughs> over I, your I whatever it is you're doing. But what I do have is I will often... And and I think I didn't notice as much before, but now that I am on camera more in meetings, um, just mm. because of the pandemic and everything, using Zoom, using Teams, I will often give a look to camera <laughs> when I'm pissed off or something. Or when I'm confused, I'll be like... And I'm like, oh, yeah. dear. Okay, I must have been doing that in real life as well. Um, <laughs> and just never realised because it wasn't recorded or I wasn't looking yeah, at my yeah, yeah, face, yeah. you know, because you don't normally have a camera pointing at you. Um, so I definitely do do looks to camera, looks to the audience, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But I think the Beth, the Beth bit is lovely because of his reaction. Mm. So basically, Beth, we find out where she's been. She's been to the Fitzwilliam Museum in Cambridge. They're going to take her on in their books and manuscripts department. But his yeah. reaction, he becomes that dad again. I think it's that warmth. I love the consistency all through these six series of the of his character because he, he, he gives her a cuddle and it reminded me of my dad, the whole sort of... And he calls her kid, which I know is yeah, a very northern thing as well, so which cute. is really lovely, which is, you know... I just thought the whole thing... This bit was gorgeous. Because it was, it was lovely. Because initially, obviously, he is... 
disappointed. He's not happy initially. No, but he's clearly you not know, happy because he doesn't want to lose Beth. She's great. She's a brilliant. She's a brilliant member of the team, and like you, as you say, we see what a great team they are and everything like that. So he is kind of disappointed, sad, upset. But then he, obviously, that kind of goes to one side, and he yeah. is kind of proud and happy she, for her. She has to kind of remind him, like you were training me. I was learning, and now I'm using my learning for the next bit. Mm. Um, and he is proud of her. Um, and yeah, like Polly said earlier, this is the bit where, uh, you know, I I thought I might do a sort of one tear gently sliding down my cheek toward the end but um and then 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 this is i'll read you verbatim what i've written in my notes which i can barely read because i've cried on them i thought i wouldn't cry then as soon as jane appeared so jane appears at this point she draws up in her range Rover, whatever it is but as soon as jane appeared I was bawling like a baby. I actually have forgotten this, and I had to pause the episode. I'd forgotten. I had to pause it. I was crying so hard, water came out of my ear. (laughs) And she looked beautiful. I don't know what happened. I just lost Water came out of your ear? You know when you're crying really hard, so your ears start like... No. There's so so much tears. (laughs) There's so much tears. That they can't I come out of your eyes. Never your, had that. They can't come out of your eyes and your nose anymore because there's so many. So then they start coming out your ears. Just oh my goodness! I don't think that's anatomically possible. I think, uh, well, your nose and your oh no, it's it your is, nose and your yeah. eye. Yeah, your nose. Yeah, Trust it's like when you throw me, up out is. of your nose. But I've never thrown up out of my ears, so I don't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I haven't thrown up oh. out of my ears, but I have had like sort of. You know, when you're really sick. I have had, like, burning in my ears. Maybe my I've just got a very yeah. porous ear, nose and throat. Anyway, she did She did look beautiful. Uh, but what was going on with her hair? That's all I'd like to say. Yeah. But it's her voice that she goes, Love, Joy. And then she, she did that little girlish, Hello. And it's just so... I can't stand it. Oh, it's sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. Oh, Jane! And not only is she turning up, she is thinking about buying Felsham Hall. Yeah, this is kind of ah, oh, it's kind of weird. She's obviously fallen briefly for the nostalgia thing as well. So, I mean, but Lovejoy, when he sees Jane, oh my goodness, he's like, oh, his face. He just, he's. He I know he's an actor. Forgets and that's... He's proposed to Charlotte. I mean, come on, Lovejoy. Although, in a way. This is what pushes him to propose again to her mm. and mean it. When she says, I'll give you the answer when I'm sure you mean the question, when he yeah. does propose in a few scenes' time, it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. It is gorgeous. Um, so then Lovejoy goes off to talk to Sid, who is a, a detectorist. Oh, I like Sid. Detectorist. I love Sid. Yeah, it, was Sid's Phil, great. it was Phil Cornwall. Cornwell? Phil Cornwell. Cornwall. Anyway. Cornwell. Him. That's him, isn't One it? One of the above. Yeah. Phil Cornwell. I will he's... put in here what he was... Oh, no, Helen's going to do it. Okay. He's been in lots of things. Yeah, he's great. What would he be most famous for? He's in Dead Ringers, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I... that's him. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He was He was just fab in this. He was so good. Sid, who I am in love with, I've written down. So, yeah, Phil, no, Phil Cornwell yeah. plays Sid. And Lovejoy asked him about the Nighthawks and says, look, I found a metal detector. Can you go find out who it belongs to? Oh, Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll just you know. This is also assuming it's a local metal detector as well, because mm. 
nobody from Suffolk ever buys a metal detector out of county. <laughs> but he's great. Like he's so like he's a bit like steampunk. You know, he's I like him. It's great. He is actually, and he's like he's basically Lovejoy finds him in a field. He's just found a belt buckle and a clay pipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, how many? I mean, it's like how many of the, you know? That's all you're gonna find. <laughs> but again, he's like Lovejoy because he's another one that's in it for the love. I think yeah. rather than yeah. the loot, if that makes sense. Definitely. Just, that's a good quote. I like that. He's in it for the love, not for the loot. Yeah. Get in. in it for the love. Not well for done, the loot. me. I say. Um, and then Jane, who's now in Lavenham, obviously, goes off to find Tink, and Tink's at Cavendish Antiques. <gasps> With Charlotte. Charlotte. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So Charlotte and Jane are introduced. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And Charlotte's reaction. Again, I just want to say, I know they're actors, I know it's what they're paid for. Caroline Language was brilliant <laughs> was in this as well. She, the number of things the actors said in mere looks and face, you know, facial yes. expressions in this episode was second to none. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, Kate sort of tries to set it straight and say, "No, no, no. Look, they were only ever friends. Like they were, they mates. were just good friends." But yeah. Charlotte's a bit like, "But that's not what I expected her to be like," and that's kind of thrown me off. Because you know when someone's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, this is this is my," you know, she's just my friend, and then you meet them and they're sort of in a designer suit and they've got lovely, oh yeah a lovely haircut. You're like, oh well, she says that, doesn't she? That <laughs> she expected her to be in wellies and yeah. sort of yomping around, so she's not. Because when she says, you know, I met Jane, not what I not expected. what I expected, yeah. She is a bit jealous, I think. Um, oh well, yeah, she's very jealous. Of she is. Well, I mean, and rightly so. Yeah, she should be jealous. Should she? I don't think she should. Yes. Why? He still carries more than a torch for Jane. So, yes, I think she should be. Jane's always been the one. I always feel jealous if, like, my partner, you know, felt, had those kind of feelings about somebody else. I mean, you know, he would, like, okay, if Jane had turned up and said, love, Joy, I want to be with you, would he have left Charlotte for her? Well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he would. He would. Absolutely. So, like I, mean, a shot, would he, he would. I don't know that he would. He would. He would, 100%. But she turns up, and doesn't that prompt him to think, actually, I want to make a go of it with Charlotte? Only I after he's tried that. to persuade her to buy the house. Uh, well, uh, no, and actually, come only... move back in and do everything like they did it before. Only when he very conveniently, I think, for the plot, finds out that she's got a, got a partner. Yeah. No, oh, because she she then says, "My husband doesn't." Or no, my, my not fiance, my husband, my fiance, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Fiance, if, if she was single, um, and I think even if she hadn't said, "Let's get it on," even if she was single, that was it. Yeah. I reckon Something he was... incompletely not related at all to anything that we've just mentioned news. Then we go to um, Charlotte's reading these letters that Tink's found, um, and they're set in Birmingham. I mean, Venice, sorry. Yeah. Venice, yes, Venice. Oh, yes, she makes that brilliant comment about, this sounds like someone who proposed, got cold feet and piddled off to Italy. Yeah. And it was so beautiful, the way... I like the phrase, piddled, piddled off, off to, to Italy. Italy. Yeah, because basically um, it's, great. it's quite hilarious. These letters are from John, who's writing... He's basically, yeah, writing to... Yeah. What's the woman called? Catherine or something? I want She's to like, say Claire, but I've Claire. It's definitely Claire, it the, is Claire. Yeah. No, it is Claire, you're Definitely right. began with a cuss, that's what I meant. No, it is Claire. Because I looked him up, I looked, so I, I looked up John Ruskin, who we later find has, has written the letters, but I couldn't find any reference to a relationship with somebody called Claire, and I tried various spellings yeah. of Claire. So, so. So, yeah, because basically at this point, I've, so so Charlotte and Charlotte's reading the letters, she discusses the kind of whole situation with Lovejoy, um, 
Is this where he proposes properly? No. Which I haven't written in my notes. No, no not, not yet. So, yeah. so basically, not yet. It's, quite, it's quite funny because the situation in the letters is basically there. It's quite yeah. funny because he's writing going... Something I, I wish I'd written. It was so wonderfully written. Obviously, it's written by John Ruskin. Oh, it was. So it's like you know. Oh, I, I, fear, I fear I may have overstated the extent of my affections for you. It, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, that, it was, but it was. It was that. It, yeah, it was in, all that kind. Those, but if somebody wrote that to me, I'd think, oh bloody hell! So like, I would not. It's quite so hilarious because do we know? It's do we know our one um, our one Ruskin fact? The only fact I know about John Ruskin. And I've actually sure. written in my notes, if I found out this fact from Lovejoy, I will be fucking fuming. But of course I didn't find this fact out from Lovejoy because it's a bit rude, which is that on his wedding night, when Ruskin saw oh, his yes. wife undressed oh, yes. and realised uh, that that women have body hair just like men do, uh, he was so upset he ran off and cried and couldn't carry on with the yeah, whole thing because he'd only seen a vajayjay in a beautiful sculpture what a fragile man and didn't, didn't so they, he thought there like one version there. of that story where he actually fainted or he had some he kind wasn't of very well so yeah he, he just was so shocked by it yes and, and yet he the, gave us Ruskin Park, one of my favourite parks. And so is, he, is, he from East is he from East Anglia? I'm just thinking about Anglia Ruskin University. Is he from <gasps> East Anglia? Oh, must have been. Oh my God, that's so perfect. He must be. I'll cut it in, listener. I'll hate myself for saying that, but I will do it. Ten points to Helen. In 1858, John Ruskin founded the Cambridge School of Art, which grew and grew and grew, and is what we know as ARU, Anglia Ruskin University, today. Yeah, it must have been. So, and this been. this is where she says. So basically, she's she's like, mm. saying Lovejoy walks in while she's reading these letters, and she's like, mm, this situation sounds familiar. And this, yes. this is where she says, he says, well, you know, you haven't given me an answer. And she says, this is where she says, I'll give you an answer when yeah. I'm sure you mean the question. I'm sure you mean the question. And then, but then Beth is looking through the letters, and then Beth notices the important clue, which is a poem. That's written out. So basically, the letters are from John to Claire, but then in the midst of it all, oh, yeah. there's something different, which is something Claire has copied out a poem. Um, yeah. So, uh, and she, Beth reads it out, and Lovejoy or Tink recognizes it. Lovejoy recognizes it, I think. Mm. Yeah, because he goes to get the volume of poems, doesn't he? Yeah, but again, he recognizes it. You see, now you just Google it and it would immediately come up. <laughs> yeah. He's got to like flick through. But how does he know? Like, I get that he's got a sort of classical education, and I can quote certain po- well-known poems. This is quite obscure. I think it's because like, it's I know romantic. John Ruskin's well-known, but it's quite obscure. I suppose it's because he's yeah, it's it's romantic. romantic isn't it? That's why. I, I think Lovejoy's just a big soft, soppy. Old I think sod. he is actually. This is this is true. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So Lovejoy right. immediately is like, wow, you know, that's Ruskin. The guy in the, who wrote the letters is called John. I mean, obviously. Fairly common name because she could have just written out this poem because she. Oh, I think he figures it out because like, the dates, doesn't he? He figures out that it. Yeah, the dates and the name and the poem all add up. And the fact so, that Ruskin yeah. and that, think, was in Venice. But I think but then I mean, they say, well, okay, but we've got to then get the handwriting authenticated because if the handwriting matches all of these mm. copious documents, I guess, belonging to John Ruskin. Yeah. It's like it's like Beth almost Beth's first assignment. Yeah, lucky, as lucky that Beth immediately got that. Not immediately. Lucky that Beth got that job there because now she can go well, find out. So she's going to check it out with with the Fitzwilliam. She's going to check. Yeah, you know, um, feels like calling in a favour before you've even started working for them. Well, you know, you know, you gave me that job. Just look at this letter for me. <laughs> anyway, and then Lovejoy and Jane have arranged a lovely lunch adieu. But then, sadly, oh. Jane can't make it because she's broken so down. The car breaks down. It's so oh, sad. It's, sad. it's the way he goes, oh, I was so looking forward to seeing you. 
I know. I just. Yeah, so, I mean, I was already crying. At this point, I was just crying more because I was like, no, but they, but why? <laughs> but they're destined not to be together, aren't yeah. they? They are so destined not at every point. I think that's kind of what the point that that is making, isn't yeah. it? It's like, you know, it, it is. fate is not on their side. No, um, but then she not. says, "Oh, so but then she says, oh, we'll see each other at the dance tonight.'" And this is the first we hear about the dance. You also want to go? Really? She's going to the dance. And also, why is she going to the dance? Because we later find out that it's the East Anglian Antique Dealers Association. Why is uh, Jane she's, going? Yeah. she's been she's been in America for the last what two years or whatever. <laughs> she's moving in very different circles now. I tell you why she's going. She's going. Oh, actually, this is interesting as well because she's just come back from America. Charlotte's about to go to America. Mm. There's so much crossover. And I, I, you know why this is here. It's only here so they can have that wonderful juxtaposition between dancing in a church and dancing yeah. in a But anyway, anyway um, it helps the plot. Yeah, that's so why they're Lovejoy's, So Lovejoy's at the restaurant waiting for Jane already. She's on her way when she get, breaks down. For what, so you notice, because quite often he's late for things, isn't he? He's there, he's there early for Jane, yeah, or at least on time. Yeah, telling. Um, so, so yeah, and also in the restaurant, just by coincidence, Mr. Brolly and the potential buyer of the of Felsham Hall, can't remember yes. his name, are there. And um, basically, Lovejoy tells them that Jane is also back and she might want to buy it as well. And so, they're, so oh, yeah. the buyer what, is not happy about this. Why do they talk about Boudicca? Who they who they call Boudicca? Oh, I can't remember. We've talked about Boudicca. Why it's pronounced Boudicca? Yeah. I'm not sure, but he gives them, Lovejoy gives them the bottle of wine that he's ordered. Yeah, obviously he's not going to drink it now. Lovejoy. He sort of walks out the restaurant and, yeah. It looks like a nice place. It looked lovely. Really but nice. once again, these two people are horrible. They're looking down on him just because they, and he holds his own beautifully, by the way, mm. in this conversation. He does. He does. But then the dance. The band are playing Achy Breaky Heart. Just so we we're clued into oh, yeah. what's going to happen. Who's the, uh, do we all remember who the cameo is? Is it Dennis King? It is Dennis Yay! King. Yeah. Dennis King. Do I get ten points for that? Thank you. You 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 do get ten points, but unfortunately the quiz was a year and a half ago. But that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, good you're point. all right. It was a while back, but I remembered Polly, so it was obviously well delivered. Don't break my heart. My, my achy, achy, breaky breaky heart. heart. I just it's don't brilliant. think <laughs> you understand. understand. That's where um, line dancing really came big. Yeah, and really came it big, is, isn't it? it? So I just I look because obviously this episode was ninety four that this episode aired end of ninety four and. Achy Breaky Heart came out in 92, so it's fairly current. Really? Um, oh, my God. If you'd asked me when Achy Breaky Heart came out, I would have said 94. I thought it was like 94. 60s or something. Oh, <laughs> I would have said 94 as well. I, I thought it was like no, something the, that the, they, um, they redid. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It sounds older. But it, well, apparently, not according to Google, but maybe really? it did. Oh, well, there you are. There you so are. I, would have thought it, I would have thought it was a very recent song, same as them. I was like, oh, they're being very current, but they were just being say, quite I, current. I researched Nighthawks and John Ruskin. You researched achy, my achy, breaky heart. Why <laughs> <laughs> can't I remember the name of the guy? So, Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh Billy my God, Ray Cyrus. God. Miley it Cyrus. Came Miley uh... Cyrus's dad. Anyway. Anyway. Char- Charlotte and Jane are together at the dance and uh, making friends, just like Charlotte did with um, whoever she was. The, the... Charlotte does it with great ease, yeah. and it's clear that that's what, why she's got to where she's got to, I think, yeah. because um, she, she just can make friends with anybody. And, and Jane gives some feeble excuse about why she is at the East Anglian Antique Dealers Association <laughs> annual dance. She, she's there with her solicitor. 
Oh, of course. Mm. Of course she is. I mean, that yeah. explains it then, because your solicitor is clearly a member of the East Anglian <laughs> Antique Dealers Association. <laughs> Tinker Lovejoy. It's good to have a hobby, isn't it, though, you know? Um, Tinker and Lovejoy t- finding the dance hall a bit much. So they just leave and go to the pub. I mean, it, pub. It says, do you fancy intense. a real drink? <laughs> yeah. Do you fancy a real drink? I quite like. Yeah, but well, we've it's all the, been it's in not those... the pub, is it? They go to like the bar. The, the bar of the... the bar next door. Oh, oh I thought I they'd actually upped and left. That's because sometimes I've up and left things and gone to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so Tink is basically saying, Tink is having a heart to heart with Lovejoy because he, he needs to give the pub an answer by... Well, I didn't get this because I thought the pub was already... His? His? Yeah. yeah, but maybe they're going to sell it or something. Maybe he's... Oh, I don't know. Anyway, he needs to give the he needs to give the pub an answer by tomorrow, but I was a bit confused. Like an answer... Anyway, he needs to decide whether he's going to go and do this pub or not. Um, and he had a dream. Now, what do you, what do you think this... So this is um, dream interpretation <laughs> time with, with Mr. <laughs> Cullen... Dream oh yes, I love, I do love dream interpretation. I'll, I'll so, do it. So this is Tink's dream. He dreamt that he was lot fifty two at an auction, and he didn't make Ooh. his reserve. What does it mean? Is it significant that it's lot fifty two? When you do dream interpretation, what you have to do is pull out the things that you remember from the dream. So Tink's remembered the number fifty two, that it was a lot at an auction, and that he was the lot. And so then you have to say, what do those things mean to you? And we'll never know what the number 52 means to Tink. Who knows? Maybe it was the number of the bus that he used to get to school. Or maybe it was the year, the year that he, the age that he was when he met Lovejoy. Who knows? But anyway, 52 must be important. And he didn't make his reserve, so therefore he doesn't believe that he is worth what other people believe he is worth. Oh! That That would be how I would... That you know, that's how I would interpret that dream, and then I would challenge it and say, "Well, why don't you believe that you have the same worth as what your, you know, what your?" Oh, it's really sad. Yeah, it's, it was really like if I wasn't crying already, <laughs> I would have been tipped over the edge, um, and and sort of yeah, he's his Gosh. his worth is all kind of messed up somehow, and maybe if he goes and gets the pub, it will rebalance. Yeah, his, you know, because because that's what he's really good at drinking and raconteuring. <laughs> but raconteur is the right word. Raconteur is great. I mean, he is. It's that thing as well, though. With you know where they say when you when you die, if you're famous, but you were you know an alcoholic, they'll go great raconteur, <laughs> you know, bon, bon vivant, bon vivant, <laughs> vivant. They better bloody say that about me, or I'll be pissed off. Bon vivant. Oh, Excellent. please, please say that. Please, one of you, hopefully you'll both be at my funeral Helen because I want you to bon live a long vivant. time. Oh, um, the life and soul of the party. And you, you must say that I was a raconteur and bon vivant. <laughs> we will. Yeah. We, we will. We promise. Please, we promise. Do. Um, but yeah, and then, oh, but then, and then we see, as you, as you mentioned, Polly, Charlotte and Jane chatting, getting on like a house on fire. It reminds me of, you know, when Charlotte meets um, the other former the lover artists of love who joys. The faking, yeah yeah when they're in the pub in london and and again they oh yes and they got on really they get well on, as well real, oh, basically because they're slagging off love joy and i quite like yeah. that because i think that that's because charlotte is confident enough within herself to be like yes. okay this is a bit difficult for me because i'm jealous but actually let me speak to you and just see um, as soon as she speaks to these women, she does get on with them and find common ground because they do oh, have yeah. common ground. Love Joyce Penis, but that's not the point. Like, 
just That's saying. Amazing. So the previous woman, obviously not in the case of Jane, but the previous woman, I can't remember her name, I'm sorry. So Charlotte had even more reason to be jealous because he had actually shagged. He had that actually other, had he Oh, yeah. yeah. While he was in this non-relationship with Charlotte, mm. he shagged the other one. So... Oh yeah. You know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're not together. So I find this whole plot ludicrous. They're not in a relationship. And I find it absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> appalled. This is ludicrous. I tell <laughs> you, ludicrous. Just ludicrous. But then we know that Charlotte has told. Sorry, Jane has told Charlotte something because she says, "Oh, I haven't told anyone this um, apart from somewhat." I can't. Her solicitor, maybe. Has <laughs> yeah. solicitor. So. Charlotte now knows something that we don't know. Yeah, and did you Jane. both assume that Jane had bought Felsham Hall? Because that's immediately what I thought. Well, we, we, I didn't. I, I actually, mean, I've seen it before, so no. I actually didn't. <laughs> but she also, she also makes clear to Charlotte that her and Lovejoy were never an item, and, and I think that's yeah. quite. That does reassure Charlotte. I think she protests too much, but that's fine. But they were, you know, they weren't, were they? So, and what? Well, we don't know for definite whether they did have sex. Well, they would have done, but the dog uh, disturbed them, if you recall. <laughs> and then the ward- and then a wardrobe fell on they them. They had I mean, an was- emotional affair. The universe was always getting in their way, but anyway, yes. And yes. then... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> what I love about this, though, this is where, actually, Charlotte oh, puts him funny. down a bit. Charlotte says... You can't tango, Lovejoy. And it's the way Jane, and she looks so girlish, and she goes, oh, actually, he can. Yeah. And I feel like, actually, Charlotte's put in her place a little bit, mm. because the that's a bit of an arrogant, you know, comment. And also, because how does she know? You know, anyway, so then, then obviously Lovejoy and Jane. Well, we know, because we've, we, there's a term for that, isn't there, where the audience knows something that, mm. because we've seen them do it before, to the very much, the very same tune. So they have a beautiful Ba-ba-da. tango, and who knows, Ba-ba-da. did Lovejoy ask the band to play <gasps> this Ooh. music? Do you know, I've never thought of that. Oh, if he did, I'm, mm, I, I don't. I just thought of it there now, because you said it's the same piece of music, I was like, mm, yeah. But I feel like that's the only tango that English bands know how to play. That's probably why. Do the tango, lads. I've written Lovejoy and Jane dance, and it's very cute. In brackets, probably not for Charlotte though. And then Tink explains why the tango is so sexy. So he starts talking about sex again for some reason. Why They're the, all very sex obsessed, why aren't they? This, why is the tango sexy? Remind me why the tango is sexy. I th- didn't he say it was outlawed in Argentina? Have I made this up? It was. Yeah. No, 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 he does, because it was basically a bit too intimate. He does. He does. Yeah, he does say that. Um, and obviously it's, you know, meant to be very evocative because it's like reminding us of the last time that they tangoed and obviously their, their relationship and it's quite intimate there is a flash actually the way they do it is not very sexy no, it's very the actual dance is very kind of like robotic or sort of like oh yes we are tangoing oh, I, we know how to tango it's it's a but it is almost do you know what it's a sort of rite of passage for them really because this is their last right we're gonna we're gonna close this chapter the last that tango is basically in what he does it is the last tango in love and i mean it's almost like the two of them have made up their mind about it yeah it's really sad. Everything about this is so sad. Um, and then, it's so sad. and then, yeah, as we mentioned, Tink and Lovejoy slope off. To, well, yeah, slope off to the bar. Um, and basically, I mean, Tink, Tink having a pub. I just have to say at this point, it's a terrible idea. Surely, mm. I mean, we don't know what happens to Tink. There was no epilogue, but I mean, 
surely it's not going to end well. It's not a good idea, is it? Well, it is. It is what he. It is what he does. Yeah. And then while they're in the bar, a rugby club comes in, and we already know. Obviously, this that- is before the tango. I hate to be really. I hate to be really annoying. This happens, and then he goes back in and tangos, and that's the end of the evening. But yes, for chronological purposes, because I think the the close of like them finishing that dance, and then you have the next day. But yes, I'd forgotten the rugby club because I just wanted to get to them tangoing together. Yeah. Sorry, I was just about the tango. You missed the bit where. We did miss the bit where. Yeah, I mean, this would not be episode. our final episode if Helen didn't say <laughs> we missed the bit, the bit where. where the rugby. Go the on, rug- Helen. Well, yeah. Tell us what well, we, we missed. Really, I mean, so the, a rugby club come into the bar, and it's all—it's meant to be like a clue or give Lovejoy some idea. But I guess, I mean, we have found we do know that Mr. Brolly is into rugby. Yeah, we already knew that from and the conversation. And then this rugby club come had, in. So. Yeah, and these and they're they're called the Old Corinthians. Yeah, um, but yeah. I don't really know what the significance is meant to be other than to make us realise that well, rugby players on, can be quite yeah, laddish and yeah. annoying. Well, I, can, I guess it's so he Is anyone going to say that what they learned in this episode is that rugby players can be a bit boring? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think so, he, yeah. he has to learn it, so then he finds out where the old Corinthians play and then he gets a... Yeah, I mean, confirmation. So we find out about the old Corinthians rugby club, which turns out to be Mr. Bully's rugby club, and then yes, they tango, and then it's the next day, the morning after, the morning after the night before. Lovejoy is looking for Sid, who's up a scaffolding. I love a scaffolder. Do you think he's a scaffolder? I I decided that he was a scaffolder. I love a scaffolder. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I had a friend who was a scaffolder who did six months scaffolding, earned so much money, and then just piss off around the world for six months, then come back and do it again. And of course, scaffolding makes you very sort of built and healthy. So yes, that is true. That is true. Anyway, at this point, I gasped because Sid has actually found out who bought the metal detector, and you know who it was. I mean, I'm sure, listener, you know who it was. It was Mr. Brolly. Mr. Brolly. It's Brolly. So what this is where he actually finds out and gets his hunch, really. Oh, the rugby I'm players. So shocked. The rugby players coming into the pub were just so that they could figure out where they played, Ooh. I think, and who they were. And um and he and then the metal detector, and then when they go there, the the final clincher is the thing on the back of the car the that he hook, banged yeah. his knee on. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Lovejoy right, right. goes down to the old Corinthians rugby club and sees mm. Yeah, the tow bar on the back of his car, and that's it. So Lovejoy's like, right, that's it. Brolly's in that's on this. The clincher. So basically, so Lovejoy, but obviously Lovejoy is clever. Lovejoy's not just going to go and confront Brolly. Oh no, oh, he's no. going to use his wily ways. He's going to frame him to, to manipulate. That's what he does. Basically, once again, and again, this is very much in the spirit of the final episode. Kind of does something hoping that the other person will act in a very specific way in response yeah. to that. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. And then he does. <laughs> I'm going to try and manipulate you into doing a yeah. very precise thing and hoping that you will do it and not, like, somebody else or... Yes. You know, anyway. So, basically, Lovejoy goes into the rugby club and gives Brolly some spiel about a coin. Like, he said, oh, I found this coin. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't get why Brolly does... Because the last encounter that they've had is in the restaurant where Lovejoy's basically said, well, you're being a dick. And then he's basically going, hey, look, I've got a bit of a business proposal for you. I guess Brolly is thinking, oh, he's trying to pay off his yeah. debt or sweet or sweet talk. I don't say, know. Like, it, I got it, a bit it, confused because I thought Lovejoy yeah. was saying, oh, I know where this hoard of coins is, so I'll cut you in on the deal. But what Lovejoy's actually saying to Brolly is, 
I think there is probably a hoard of coins here. So if the bank could just give me the money to get the equipment to find it, like the metal detectors and stuff, then I can find them and then I that can was it, yeah. make it make it cool with the bank. So he does it in a very clever way because he doesn't at any point suggest that he's going to take these this hoard of coins. I don't know. It it just what mm. it wasn't what I expected to, to for him to say. But again, he's kind of hoping that Broly will take the bait. Take the bait, yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, he's, and he, does. he says, like, you know, I found this found this coin in the northeast corner of the field. And again, it's quite imprecise. I mean, okay, yeah, the yeah. Northeast, I suppose the northeast corner is precise enough if you've got your metal detector and stuff. But, you know, it's a bit vague. It's like, oh, yeah. the northeast corner of that field with the diggers, you know. And um, basically, yeah, I, I, I was very proud of myself. I did realise that it was a trap. <laughs> um... But then, so basically, so Lovejoy sets this up, sort of plants this seed with Broly, and then he goes to see the professor who's in charge of the of the dig. Professor Lowry, yeah. Oh, and yes. she says, like a normal person, if you know who the... Call the police! If, if you know who no. the metal detector belongs to, call the police! Why no. do you, you know yeah. who it belongs to? Why, yeah, why don't you give his name to the police? And we're all like, yes! I feel this was, this was a nice... I mean, you couldn't have a final episode... Where they didn't do the central thing of just <laughs> yes, like calling the police, right. just just you know, this is this is on form right through to the end, isn't it? Yeah, it's so brilliant. So of course, Broly and his mates fall for it and decide they go oh, up to the site. Exactly. So they go they go and dig up the north. Well, they go with their metal detectors. Broly and two of his mates. And just in case you're not clear that these are his rugby club mates from the rugby club they play rugby together they've got their rugby scarves on oh yeah it's very important <laughs> yeah, they don't everything have about them is screaming they don't have rugby anonymous scarf they can wear it's like we are part of the old career if we get caught it's like yes this is who we are I'm wearing yeah. an identifiable piece of clothing maybe, maybe that was yeah. their alibi if they did get caught in the field they could say they were training <laughs> in the dark oh, yeah. oh no we're just doing a run yeah. through the yeah Oh, so yeah, they find they they come out with their metal sets. They find they find a horseshoe, and then they do find the hoard, which I presume is like. Well, do I we find? Was, I was a bit confused. Do we, do we find out what they are? They're like fake <laughs> coins or something. I think I, 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 I find out what they are. Like he's borrowed Lothra them. Definitely from tips the bag out, but I at this point, I mean, honestly, at this point, I couldn't see because I was still crying. <laughs> but um. I feel like, yeah, it wasn't obviously gold coins in the bag, but I, I just got a bit confused here, and I don't know if it's just because I'd missed bits because I wasn't paying full attention, but I was like, okay, and now he kind of just sorts his stuff out with the bank because he's got something over Brolly, and so Brolly's just going to let it go? Yeah, so basically, because Brolly, exactly, so um, Lovejoy and the detectorate, uh, Sid and his mates confront, you know, basically swoop on Mm. The um, Brolly and his mm. mates as they're kind of digging up the hoard and sort of saying, look, we've caught you in the axe kind of thing. Although they've got no evidence. I mean, what, I, I suppose they, anyway. I suppose he does because he's got proof that he's bought the, and also maybe Brolly, well, no, they have, they've caught them in the act, they've found the metal, they've got mm. quite a bit of evidence. I yeah, I suppose. Um, but again, if they, anyway, let's just, they should, I mean, going to the police obviously would have been, sensible but so Matt so the Matt the Broly agrees that he'll forget about the rent which I guess is quite because the bank owns the thing yeah. can, he can just say no problem but so he can't do anything kind of... about yeah so that's resolved but he can't do anything about someone buying Felsham Hall I mean there's someone's if someone's agreed to buy mm. it the bank manager can't stop that um so basically um, yeah, it seems a very odd thing he's letting his emotions get in the way of common sense yeah it's <laughs> also like they also agree 
which I thought was a bit strange too, that Broly agrees to give back all the stuff that he's nicked recently. Only recently. Yeah. <laughs> all the stuff he's all the stuff he hasn't yet had chance to fence on. Like he agrees to give all the stuff he's recently nicked back. I mean, how much stuff is that? How often is he doing? How many archaeological digs <laughs> can there be? Are there in the can set? one man rage? You know? I mean, <laughs> you've got to wonder. He's going to give all that stuff back, and it, and Lovejoy is they Lovejoy Lovejoy agrees. I think without talking to Sam, Lovejoy agrees if he gives all the stuff back that Sam won't prosecute him. So basically, Sam is denied justice yeah. for his for this horrible physical assault on his friend. You know, mm. so that he can get back some stuff. I just, I didn't really get it. I mean, I understood it yeah. as in, like, it's like, it seemed a bit odd. Yeah, but a lot about this seems a little bit odd. Yeah. But it, that's sort of almost, that's a lot of that story kind of wrapped up then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because now we can go on to the the the, the final dessert of the episode. <laughs> Um, Love, Lovejoy and Jane have lunch, which is very nice. And she reveals that actually she is with somebody called Robert and oh, yes. they're going to get married and there there must be a good reason that they were always almost and not, you know, together. And then at this we point... We were always almost. Oh, that's lie, such a sad line. This is the bit we that, were I, always that almost. I don't get. like Because I, maybe I missed it early on, but why was Jane in Lavenham? Why did she come back? Just to piss Lovejoy off? I don't get it. To see her sister, no, she, was, she didn't have to go to no, Lavenham, no, no. did she? I think she was just yeah, there. Yeah, she, she just she was there. She was in the area to see her sister, and then she said she heard the hall was up for sale and couldn't resist having a look. Mm. But she could have made sure to go like not during business hours, so she didn't bump into Lovejoy. Anyway, for some reason she I came back. She wanted to see above into Lovejoy. <laughs> Why should she avoid him completely? Can I just say before yeah. before Lovejoy and Jane have this moment, we do find out that the letters are Ruskin. Yes. We do, and and the and again the joy, the genuine joy that Lovejoy has, a of finding out it's Ruskin, but b of sort of her making the. I I feel like it's again this is all about rites of passage. This whole episode, and Beth has kind of made the call. Yeah, for her. Beth's done something that Eric never could have done. So many things Eric never could have done. She has applied her intelligence and her training. And she is the one who's gone away and kind of got the research into place to 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 authenticate these letters. Like it is just, it's lovely. It's perfect. Yeah. And then yeah, Lovejoy and Jane have their. Well, it looks like a very nice afternoon tea. I was so yeah. So she tells him that she's engaged to this to Robert, and they're going to move to England. So she was. They are looking for somewhere to mm. live, but they probably will live in London because he's a theatre producer and it yes. makes more sense that's to... a nice call back as well because we all know she's involved in amateur yes. theatre <laughs> yeah. um, he's proper theatre she's graduated to real it theater. kind of annoyed me really I mean obviously it's the, the plot and it's writ- what's written but like basically it just makes this makes it too easy for Lovejoy because imagine if she'd said you know, it'd be much oh, it's a different plot it's a different story but if she had said like that you know if she's single or yeah. she says to him that you know like maybe we could make a go of it. Then he'd have a genuine dialect. He'd have to choose between them. But that choice is not there for him because she's very clear, like, I'm with Robert. You know, that's it. And so then it kind of makes it all a bit too easy for Lovejoy. Like now, of course, he's going to choose Charlotte. I also think she's strung him along a little bit, really, not mentioning it. I don't know. Jane, but... yeah. I, I just, yeah. I don't, you know, I think surely she must have known that it would throw him for a bit of a loop and she could have been a little bit kinder. Um, but then I guess she she didn't really know how to tell him, and this is the first time they've had a yeah, chance to really yeah. talk. There is the whole thing about they talk about missed opportunities, and that you know they were always almost, 
But yeah, I, I mean, we're still not 100% clear whether they shagged or not. Yeah. The next thing that happens, as I have it here, is uh, there's an auction. Oh, well, excuse me. That, well, oh, sorry, go on, Missed a bit well. We missed the no, bit where. It's, it's, the bit it's the fact that so they had this conversation about they were always almost, they wish each other well, they they wish each other to be happy, etc., which is all very nice. And then they have a little bit, not exactly a snog, but I mean, a ki- again, a kiss that I would not be happy. It's a proper kiss, isn't it? If I was Charlotte and I witnessed that kiss, I would not be happy. Like, it's not okay. Mm. It's not okay to yeah. do that. It was but they intense. seem to think it's okay. Yeah. Anyway. Just saying. It um, they do. I haven't written that down actually, but they do have a kiss, and then he says something like "Take care of yourself," and she says "You too," and then yeah. bops him on the nose. Oh, I hate it when people bop me on the oh. nose. It annoys me so much. I'm not a pet. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, what happens is the authenticated Ruskin that is going to an auction. And it all speeds up very much yeah. for me. Don't you feel like the whole plot goes? And then, because listeners strap in, there's a lot of things to happen yeah. in this episode. A well, lot. But in a very <laughs> short time, again, playing to Lovejoy stereotypes. <laughs> now we've basically got ten minutes left, and all the plot. And I will so, say that my note is very concise. Ruskin goes through the roof. Lovejoy goes insane because what does he do? Well, first of all, he has a he has a montage reverie about Charlotte. Oh yes, oh yeah. Can we please call this episode montage, montage reverie? reverie. Yeah. <laughs> but only now that he knows that Jane's not available, now he's into Charlotte. I'm sorry, I'm very cynical here. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both a bit of all right, aren't they? Oh, but um, so yeah, he has this montage about Charlotte while she's auctioneering or whatever the verb is for that, and um. And then when she's about to call, like, who the letters are going to, you know, going, going, he just goes, marry me. I mean, he could have been talking to anyone. And luckily, she understands that he's talking to her. And then she goes, yes, and brings the gavel down. And I'm like, what are the people who are buying those letters? I mean, would, is this I... legal now? What's happened? <laughs> I did like Probably it. Probably because she pounds. says, going once, going once, going twice, marry me. And there's a pause, and then she just goes, "Yes, clunk, sold." <laughs> and it was—I I remember watching this the first time and crying because I it was the most romantic thing ever. I'd have killed Frank if he'd done that. But anyway, also I'm not an auctioneer, so there's so many reasons why it wouldn't have worked. Um, I don't know but, how I feel about uh, a public. Um, I was going to say apology. That's not no. right a public. What's it called? Proposal. Proposal. Something in between would have been nice. Something that wasn't next to a portaloo. I'd settle for something in yeah. between Maybe those two. Maybe Portland have been in Paris. To be fair, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot in between those two. <laughs> Isn't all of Paris is basically a portaloo? That's one of the reasons I don't like Paris. It stinks of piss. Yeah. No one seems to have any qualms about just whittling wherever they feel. The like. whole city wow. smells of wee for that reason. It does. This is so true. that's one of the reasons I don't okay, like. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to distract us on talking about why Paris is the city anyway. of piss. Excuse me. Um, how did you feel about the proposal? So. It would have been okay. Oh, I liked or... it. I just although when when she says I will, I'll give you an answer when I'm sure you mean the question. First time he says, "Do you want to get married?" The second time he's not exactly planned a moment. He just goes, "Marry me." So again, you feel like 
Oh, so now you believe that he means the question, because clearly this isn't just on off the cuff moment of madness, like asking him when you're a bit pissed in a car. Like this is, oh, this is clearly fine this time. Oh, I'd, I'd be totally drawn in by that. Exactly. Exactly. And also like as the audience, we know that he's just found out that Jane's taken. As I say, that for me, that's like, so I can take yeah, it romantically. I was like, oh, oh, you're fine with it now. So mm. yeah, I was, I wasn't that impressed. But they are going to get married. Uh, therefore, obviously, Lovejoy has to have a stag do, which leads on to, I'm going to say, one of my favourite scenes, not only in Lovejoy, but ever. I love this. The morning, the morning after, after the stag do. The stag do <laughs> where Tink is holding his Alka-Seltzer and he tells it to shut up. <laughs> so good. Who hasn't told their Alka-Seltzer to be quiet? I loved it. So when you were like this. Alka-Seltzer is making too much noise. Why is it so loud? Oh, yeah, a cat stamped into the room. Lovejoy says, I can't find the roof of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> they did play hungover very well. So oh, wow. You sensed it was from experience, wasn't it? They did it brilliantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, well, both of them, actually. So brilliant. The hangover was so then, brilliant. Um, as if I wasn't already crying... Uh, Lovejoy's bought Tink a, a present for being his best friend and being his best man and just generally being the best. Um, and he's bought him a pub sign for the Pilchard Inn. So he's accepted that he's going to... And then he, he says, oh, it says Major Dill, I'm not a major. And we're all shouting, we know! And Lovejoy says, yeah, I know. You, <laughs> yeah, you've told me. Really you told me loads of times. Oh, we all know. We all know. We all watch the same episode. Yeah. But again, a nice little callback, really. And then he says that thing about, like, what's that thing you always say about if you go into a pub and ask for the major? And they're like, there's only two answers either. Oh, you just missed him. We'll be back this evening. Or he's, he's in the in corner. The <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, oh. it was just lovely. It really um, lovely. And then, and Beth has made the sign. Yeah. So also lovely. But this is where Tink says that he'll give up booze if he... Um, gets the pub, which also makes me think it's one of those things that you say when you've got a hangover. Yes. He doesn't mean it. Good point. He's Very like, oh yes, point. I'll never drink again. Very good point. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, then we're spending the budget again because we have a helicopter shot. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we see my boyfriend, Eric, and his fiesta. Oh, yes, yeah. and everyone, now everyone is arriving. That it's was the quick. wedding. Now it's, it's the wedding, the wedding. day. <laughs> they planned this wedding amazingly quickly. Well, I suppose we we have to skip forward in time. Yeah. To the wedding doesn't imply we've skipped forward all that much, though. Necessarily, well, I mean, maybe. And Eric's come to the wedding with a woman with a baby, and is it Jane who says to him, "Oh, your wife's very pretty." Oh yes. And he says, "Oh no, we're not clergyfied. Like we're not clergyfied's we're not married." A great word. Um, and then she said, "She she says she says, oh, how old's the baby?" She went, "Oh, I've no idea." Yeah. And he says, "Oh, I don't know." And she's like, "Oh." The baby's not and mine. Oh, it's not. The it's not mine. And all the time, the woman's there, just sort of, you know, <laughs> hold, holding, rocking the baby, and so love, uh, Eric's got himself a girlfriend with a baby. Aww. Yeah, the baby's not mine, but the Fiesta is. What the line. car is? He's got a car instead of his motorbike. I know Aww. that was a bit sad, but lovely. So Eric's growing up. Um, so they're all going. They're all on their way to the wedding. Quite a big do by the looks of it. And Tink then, and Lovejoy are in the wedding car. This is apparently. where it gets so ridiculous. They love doing Tinker on that wish. <laughs> this is like 
I must say, I found this implausible. It's as though they're saying, what element of Lovejoy have we not used yet? Oh, complete implausibility. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We, I feel we it's need been to more some implausible than this. Oh, yeah, I know. But they had to get it in in a way that it, yeah. you know, it fitted with the plot. But, I mean, it's just, it's just like, so many questions. So many <laughs> questions. But Charlotte's there in her dress, looking beautiful. Her bouquet is beautiful. Where's Lovejoy? I mean, my first question is, so basically, they're on their way to the wedding, and I'm in their car, you know, their wedding car. And um, the first thing is, they're basically, they get abducted by the driver. So first of mm. all, why, where's this car come from? Like, why do they get in this car? Have they not hired this car themselves? Are I they mean, not... it had ribbons well, on it. You would think it oh, was your car. Been... What happened to the but actual remember, car? Remember, he and James, he and James, he and Jane have been kidnapped before, though, where they get in a car. I mean, it's a little bit different, of course, but they've all got a habit of getting in cars that somebody has yes. lobbed the guy over the head, you know. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's something, what happened. They must have something's happened. Got... It's happened before. Yeah. No, I think they willingly get in the car because, you know, yeah, it's no, a wedding day and you're waiting. Yeah. yeah, no, they do. But what I'm saying is somebody may have clobbered the driver over the head and nicked oh, the car. I see. You know how, Sorry, you know how Paddy, when we were in right. the Chinese restaurant, yes. that's what happened. The drive, right. the actual. Because my question is, like, what is this car? Is this the car they hired, but they someone's covered the driver, or is it just a random car? I mean, we'll never know because the writer didn't specify. Well, he left yeah, it so to us to decide. So, so Lovejoy is so Lovejoy. They're abducted by a driver, driven to a heli- Lovejoy is bundled into a helicopter, but for some reason they let Tinker go. Yeah, so Tinker's able to run. So Tinker's to the able church. to say, "Oh, this person has been abducted in this helicopter with this description." Kidnapped I don't Lovejoy. understand when when she he said Lovejoy he's been abducted. The the other bit I found implausible is when Charlotte goes, "Oh please," and you go, "Charlotte, you've just spent the last four years or whatever it is, two you know, being couple in, of years yeah. being in swamps in a cave, <laughs> and you've been abducted and held at gunpoint, yeah. and, and he was given twenty four hours to find you. Why do you suddenly find it implausible that he's been abducted when you've been abducted? Like, I mean. Only a few episodes ago, I will, I will you were say, I've seen all those episodes, and my notes say, Tink tells Church, Lovejoy has been abducted. And my next note says, oh, he really actually has. Even I didn't <laughs> think he'd been abducted. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah. what, a, what a stupid lie. You're just, you and Charlotte Bless Lovejoy, because, no, Tink doesn't tell the Church. Tink tells Charlotte, who doesn't believe him. Yeah. And then Charlotte tells the Church, basically, that he stood her up. Oh, this was so sad, this whole... She says, well... We all knew this would happen, so let's go and eat the food. She's so brave. She stands up in front of the entire congregation and says, well, we've avoided a disaster. Well, obviously it would have been a disaster, so let's go and enjoy ourselves with the booze and, and the food. And she's so and brave. Jane says, there but for the grace of God. I know, it's a bit cheeky, Jane. He didn't actually ask you to marry him at any point. but okay. And then Robert, yeah, exactly. we presume, sort of says, what? And she's like, oh. Oh, nothing. Says, oh, nothing, nothing darling. darling. Just the love of my life, getting married to another woman, but now luckily he isn't, but thank or goodness not. it wasn't me. But who is the love of my life not getting married to another woman? And... But who is abductive Lovejoy? Well, the helicopter is a clue, because it's the guy oh, who's yes. going to buy the... What's his name? I wrote his None name of us wrote it down. None oh. of us. He was so insignificant to me that I, I wanted Addy. to forget him. Addy, he was the Mr. Addy. Addy. Very, Addy. Addy. Mr. Addy, that's so it. The, Mr. Addy, the, who's the person that's going to buy Falsham Hall, has has abducted Lovejoy on his wedding day because, right, because... So basically, this, Mr. Addy must be quite wealthy. He's buying... Yeah. Uh, 
he's kidnapping, going to all this bother to kidnap Lovejoy on his wedding day, which basically must have involved, like I say, clobbering another, clobbering the driver of the original car, blah, blah, getting his helicopter, just because Lovejoy didn't even, so Lovejoy intercepted Mr. Brolly and has stopped him from nicking, doing his night hawking. I mean, mm. from Mr. Addy's perspective, that must be so minor. Oh, wait, what, but Addy's, yeah. going to all these Addy's the fence, that's why. Because the Nighthawks give Addy the stuff and he fences it. He fences it, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I know, so that's, it, yeah. But that can't, but that's it's not still his whole in the business. grand scheme of, no, that's probably not that the exact like thing business. he does. You know what? There's another really lovely little callback that they snuck in. I feel like this is just Easter egg heaven, this episode. <laughs> yeah. Because he says, where are we going? Jersey. Yeah. And Jersey, we had those awful buyers of Wakering Hall had come yeah. from Jersey, yeah. if you recall. This is how geeky I am. Can I just, I, 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 I want to just geek out to in extremis in this <laughs> final episode. And I feel that I have. <sighs> but yeah. But, like, what's I just he hoping to, to ruin get? Your what's day? he hoping That's to get from says. Lovejoy? And like, so, yeah. And then basically, love, we see Lovejoy in the helicopter, like, laughing hysterically. In That's why. Ma- when everything, when everything's gone, completely tits up and you know there's what can you do you can either as i was doing sob uncontrollably at lovejoy uh or laugh manically i guess because he wasn't laughing in a oh, no. kind of like oh well say lovey he was laughing in a kind of like hysterical but it was so bizarre because obviously he was that so uh, fair enough well not really fair enough but understandable to some extent although i don't agree that Charlotte may not initially believe this, okay, mm. that, you know, that he hasn't really been abducted, fine, okay, on the, in the moment, you know, fine. But obviously, he was abducted. So, yeah. like, when it, and, that, and there's, ev- like, it, there's evidence, there must have been some proof or, you know, he was abducted. So when he returns and says to Charlotte, oh, actually, I was abducted, and think, would she not then say, oh, well, yes, I'm not going to not, I was going to marry you. I'm now going to not marry you because... Because that was some, a, because you're the kind of guy who constantly gets abducted. Because, because you got abducted. I mean, I found, I have to say, I found that. And I almost thought, you know what, the person that's come out of this in a way, well, is Lovejoy because actually maybe it would have been a disaster because she's clearly a bit of a... I mean, I, I, I did think she was a bit heartless. I don't think she's the marrying type. It was very bizarre. And then look, there's a little epilogue where, like, Lovejoy basically says, you know, he sort of, so he does the fourth wall thing at the end where he's sort of Ooh. summing up, you know, the whole series, basically. And he, you know, he's basically saying, well, Addy, you know, the, the person who kidnapped him, couldn't get anything out of him. It was completely pointless him kidnapping him. Presumably he just took him back again from <laughs> yeah. Jersey. Took I mean, him we don't a know lovely what helicopter ride across the south of England. Yeah, it's lovely. We don't know what happened, but I mean, it was completely pointless. And then there's just a really, really sad ending that makes everyone want to cry. I mean, I was... Um, um, uh, I, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> but I also did think it was a perfect ending. I would have been... I would have felt short-changed if Lovejoy married Charlotte and thought, well, that's not right. I don't. That's not correct. I don't like it. The last line is so sad, though, because he lists what everyone has done and then he says, the past is a foreign country. Now, th- this is almost a quote, isn't yeah. it, from the go-between. The go-between, the quote is, the past is a foreign country, they do things differently there. He says, the past is a foreign country, and Lovejoy doesn't live there anymore, and then drives oh off, God. and it is devastating. Honestly, it's devastating. it wrecked me. <laughs> 
I like the fact that he he quotes a kind of, I mean, not classic, classic, but, you know, that he quotes some literature at the very mm. end. There's something fitting in that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah see, basically, he's, he's telling us all about what everyone else has done. So Charlotte's gone to New York. Obviously, Tink's gone to his pub. Beth's gone to the Fitzwilliam. James and Hampstead. He, he's all alone. Yeah. And he packs up his truck and drives off and there's very sad the sad love joy music the the sad version of the theme tool the minor key <laughs> oh that was so sad Oh, the whole thing was just devastating. But then, and then, and then at the end, so after the credits, it's got the little, like, you know how sometimes they have a little bit. Easter egg. Easter egg after the credits. And it's the bit where, yeah, where they're having their afternoon tea and he says, be happy, Jane. Be happy, Jane. And she says, you too. You too. Oh, it's so awful. It's so sad. But do you think Lovejoy will be happy? No. No. I think he loves misery. (laughs) I think he loves not having any money and making... Bad choices. But again, there was almost this... Men- I mean, mental health is, is looking at it with 2021 eyes, but there is almost this mental health in that you look at him and you go, you are a a broken little bunny. You're drifting through life. Yeah, you're going to be fine, but you're going to be scarred kind of thing. Do you know what I... It's, like, he's going to manage. He always manages. But I found it... It was so sad. And his obsession with hanging on to the past i just want everything to go back the way it was i just want to be comfortable i just want to feel mm. safe i just want to it it was so sad it was so sad I, I was quite i mean i know i've said it throughout this episode and, and to you two before the episode i was quite surprised how moved i was by it and i mm. think it was to do with thinking about the past and you know how it, it can look better when really you know in your heart of hearts it absolutely was not better and I, I think I made a, a, a slight you know a, not an error of judgment I just didn't really think it through that I would end up watching the last episode of Lovejoy in the house where I had watched it as a teenager you know that, that, that's oh been quite God, difficult and strange like I've moved yeah. like probably eight or nine times since yeah, then so to be it's honest bit, it's, a little, it's been a little bit odd but it was I thought it was a very well done final episode I oh. even though I was quote-unquote upset it it was a very cathartic upsetness you know yeah. it, it felt um like I had a really good sleep afterwards <laughs> After my little sobbing oh, session. Oh, wow. You're cathartic. Have a bus and go to sleep. <laughs> it was a great ending. Because, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I, I, I don't like a happy ending. I like a, I like a sad ending. Well, exactly. Like, just because it's like more, it's just more like real life, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know. sad. Oh, you feel, God. You that's... feel short-changed when it's happy. It's like real life. Bloody miserable. Yeah. And I guess if every episode of Lovejoy had ended with them all laughing every single time and everything being perfect... That may be fair enough, but that's not how they end. You know? But also, it, no, because absolutely. it's a happy ending for Jane, it's a happy ending for Tink, it's Beth. a happy ending for Beth. Yeah. Eric's you know. got his fiesta and his baby. So, I mean, I love the, again, oh, like real life, you know. That, that wonderful quote, the bait, you know, oh, I don't know how old it is, not mine. Fiesta's mine, yeah. though. As though that makes up for it. I love that. The fiesta's mine, oh, though. Oh, well, in that case, you've done well, lad. Well yeah. done. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and it was it was really interesting, like, when he was looking back, you know, the nostalgic moments, and he's remembering all the fun times, the last of his friends. 
Because, you know, whenever I get nostalgic for certain times or places, you think about all the fun things. You're like, oh, that was mm. such a great time. But actually, if you were to think about every moment of every day at that time, again, it would be, it yeah. would be the same as life now. Like, you'd be having those amazing fun times, but you'd also be having... <laughs> oh, I've got to tell you both. Um, so when I sat down to watch this episode, um, I was having a few sort of little internet issues. I'm not where I normally am. I was trying to work out the best room to kind of watch things and the Wi-Fi was up and down. Anyway, and so for some reason on UK TV Play, I believed I was sitting down to watch the final episode of the final series. I pressed play and I thought, oh my God, that's so strange. For the final episode, they've gone back to using the original like credits at the beginning. And then I was watching the credits. Obviously, the credits have got like Chris Jury and well, I knew Chris was in this episode, so that wasn't unusual. But I was thinking, well, where's Diane Parrish? Where's Caroline Langrish? Why aren't they in the credits? Then I watched literally 30 seconds of the first scene. And I was like, oh, this is the oh. Firefly case. <laughs> this is the first... Like, I'd obviously Excellent. just accidentally skipped back. And it was so... That made it even more, I think, upsetting for me because it reminded me of us being right at the beginning and sort of going into this as like a a new project and now you know it's been like three I don't know how long it's been actually three and a half years it's been a friggin long time and um, so it kind of already put me in a nostalgic place before Lovejoy even began on his little nostalgia trip because I've been like oh this is the last full one and we will do other stuff and we will do like random little things here and there but the actual project as it is is complete because there are no more episodes of Lovejoy there is no Lovejoy film maybe if there's a reboot we're absolutely stuffed but you know <laughs> but that's, that's why it's kind of weird because obviously this episode is about nostalgia but we're obviously we're nostalgic for the series as you know and yeah. but we're also nostalgic for the podcast and the fact that you know what we've been doing with it as well so it's kind of like got that Double meaning for us. And this whole thing has been the bizarrest revisiting, though, of me as a very unhappy teenager because I'm such a... Like, I'm you two are 40, I'm nearly 40. And this was a long time ago now. The fact that we have been able to go, oh, do you remember car phones? Oh, do you remember, <laughs> do you remember all machines? of those things? <laughs> yeah. And actually, oh, somebody pointed out... What was the thing somebody pointed out today that 1939 was as far away from 1980-something or other as we are now from 1980-something or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly what it was. I can't work out the maths in my head. But it was creepy. It was like, oh, wow, I remember that. The one that gets to me is like the 1960s to the 1990s are as the 1990s are to now. No. No, 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 no. That can't be correct. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway. What uh, is this a stupid question? What we what are we going to give it out of ten? Is it a daft question? Oh, I'm gonna give it I, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to have to give it ten just yeah. because it's the last one. But also, as far as a final, I've seen a lot of things of final episodes of things that are either very sad, or very creepy, or very, or, or actually unsatisfying. I'm trying to think of examples now, but there, there are a lot of things that are very dark. There are other programs that just go on way too long. Yes. Like I love Red Dwarf, but Red Dwarf. I mean, what was going on in series long. eight and nine? I don't know, but I do feel like they've pulled it back a bit. I like the bit about the moon and the sun. Um, I, but you know, I, th- I think this is this sort of oh, finished at the right. We can put a Python reference in. Here's here's a um, a sitcom that was absolutely correct. Faulty Towers. Faulty, Faulty Towers, Towers didn't go on that. too long. 
It was perfect. I mean, that was mainly because they got divorced, wasn't it? Yeah. Well? It was, you know, but yeah. yes, that was a... Oh, I've ruined it now, but fine. But that, that was good. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a 10, not because it's in any way my favourite episode, because it's not, but I think... There were so many little references that fans were going, oh, that's referring to that. And that's clearly how I talk. Um, there were a lot of references to past episodes that were completely accurate and quite niche, yeah. which I thought was gorgeous. The flashbacks were gorgeous and they were relevant. They weren't just flashbacks to, re- you know, particularly key. Yeah, they weren't just padding it out bizarre. with some flashbacks. That They were all perfect for the The plot. thing about him not being a major, what they all did in the future... Um, even just some of the even just some of the references, some of the situations in which they found themselves, I thought was incredibly clever writing. Like you feel that they'd gone and they'd watched all these episodes by Terry and and all these other writers and brought them all together because we had there were Douglas Watkinson episodes that were referenced, there were Terry episodes that were referenced. I thought it was so nicely done, and I'm going to give it a ten because it's the last one and it is. And McShane's acting was second to none in this it was so moving and so many things were said without words in a way that you don't normally get in a kind of light-hearted light-hearted comedy comedy drama drama with the roguish (laughs) antique stealer you don't normally get that depth i don't think in the sunday night oh let's watch this with a cup of cocoa before bed kind of tv program and we did here and i and that's why i've done it and i think as well like what you just said about the fact that it was so well done for fans, for example, to to reference old episodes to tie them in so well, and they were doing this at a time when you know people didn't have it all on DVD. Maybe some people, you Polly, would have had it on video that they'd religiously taped off the telly, but that that would not have been the majority. Joy, do not use <laughs> that wouldn't have been the majority of the audience, you know. And they still did it, and they still had that attention to detail and that craftsmanship. So, um, <laughs> so you know. That's why it's a 10. Oh, plus, yeah, I gave an absolutely. extra two points for having Chris in it again, because I love him. That is also true. Oh, but again, they, they brought everyone back together without it being cliche as well. There are so many, there are places, there are surely episodes of things where they bring the old cast in. There's got to be some convoluted mm, reason. Yeah. Well, of course they would all come to a wedding. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Helen. No, I was just going to say that I would also give it a 10. I can't see how I can give it any other score. It, that was, it was perfect. There was nothing wrong with it. It was amazing. Oh. Anything? I've written down what I've learned on my notes. I'm not kidding. I ca- I cannot read what I've written. I've written what I learned. Dash. I think I've written don't marry Lovejoy, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Oh. It could it could be something different. Uh, but I think that's what I've written. Um, I I learned about Nighthawks, which as a kid, obviously I didn't look up, didn't have the internet to look it up on. I don't know where else you'd look up Nighthawks. Yeah, they won't be so in this the time. I did Encyclopedia Britannica, really... would they? No, well, exactly, under N, N, I, there they are. Um, but, uh, or N- Nighthawks, see antiques, see <laughs> archaeology. But, uh, yeah, so I learned that. Oh, what did I learn? I have to think of something now. I always do this because, like, you're, you two are both so much more articulate. This is a good, <laughs> you know, and good at remembering things and thinking of things. But, no, I think, yes, it wasn't really something that I learned. It would, It just made me reflect on the nature of nostalgia, as I was saying, and the fact that, you know, we do always look back and and remember good times. I mean, obviously, it's our brain's way of protecting us. If we we looked back and remembered trauma or remembered terrible things that happened, that would be really Mm. disturbing for us. So, of course, 
the memories that come to mind are the the, the mm. good ones. Our brain you remembers know. the good yeah. things. Yeah, so I mean, which is it's a you know mechanism to kind of protect ourselves. But it is it is amazing when you think about it that like you, you look back at these periods and you like I say you think oh that was so great that was so much fun and actually like I say if you were to think about the minute detail of your day to day life it would be just as fun or not fun as any you know yeah life yeah, life yeah, is yeah, life yeah, it has absolutely. fun it's, bits it's it has so hard bits. to live in the present isn't it and maybe that's what this was teaching mm. us we should live in the here yes. and now oh that's very deep yeah it is hard yeah. to live in the present and none of us do quite particularly successfully do well, we? I, think, I think people either live in the past or the future so like Lovejoy lives in the past Maybe not, but you know, other other people they were looking to the future, weren't they? Or people there were people there were people who kind of think like, oh, things will be better when I when I I'm get that job or when I get married yeah. or when I find someone to marry or when I buy that new car or when I, you know, whatever it might be, then things will be better. So they're looking always looking ahead to the future yeah. and mm. thinking things will be better then. When so actually I think you're the best right, moment you know, is when you're doing the tango at a country dance with a ex mm. who wasn't really your ex kind of thing. But it's only going to last for the 15 seconds that you're actually in the flow of tangoing before you start reminiscing off about the last time you tangoed in the church. Okay, I've gone off on a tangent. Did anybody have an antique of the week? What's yours, Polly? So even though I have no interest in John Ruskin and I don't even know who Claire is, I want the letters because in series two, I think, I... Well, yeah, I think in series two I chose some letters. Yes. And I like, I have this thing about the written word. And again, it captures a point in your life. Yeah. So it really fits in with the nostalgia theme. And, and the idea of letters written on paper, uh, patr- patrons will know because we <laughs> will write, we write to our patrons who pay above a certain level. They get a, a handwritten letter from us on Basil and Bond, of course. So I would like the letters. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't pay eight grand for them. Um, I wanted Tink's dressing gown that he was wearing while he was being hung over. <laughs> it was a very Noel Coward, paisley wasn't it? Printed, yes, very Noel Coward dressing gown. I loved it. A smoking jacket, really. I loved it. Yes, it very yes. Smart. I would like to have, please, the uh, mosaic floor that they uncover at the dig. Oh, I, oh, yes. I just, yes. I just love a mosaic. Like, I've always been fascinated by them. Like, well, since when I was a kid, you know, you get dragged to, like, on a school trip to, like, the Roman Museum or whatever. And, um, but they're just incredible. Mm. Like, the, the detail. And I was thinking, that, and that's just what, and okay, admittedly wealthy people, they just, that was just, that was their floor. I'd love to have that as my floor. Um, so, yeah, so I want the mosaic and I want it in my hallway. <laughs> yes. It'll happen. You're manifesting a mosaic hallway. Um... <laughs> Well, I guess that's it then, listener. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. Um, See you, bye. We've probably got other stuff that we will do, but we won't be regularly putting out episodes um, anymore because obviously the regular Lovejoy episodes have But if you have any ideas of of things that you would like us to address or record, then let us know because I'm going to keep the Twitter going. So do let us know. Um, and yeah, we, uh, whenever we, we do something or other, uh, we will, we will just upload it to this channel. Thanks so much to our patrons, um, because they've allowed us to keep the podcast online, uh, for longer, I think, than we ever would have anticipated. So it will definitely be (laughs) on wherever you get your... We believe we've done it. We've done it. We've, we've actually (laughs) done... Yeah, we did it. Not like that bruv joy. They, they stopped... (laughs) 
I mean, their livers I mean, couldn't cope anymore, but we've powered through. Who would have thought yeah. when we had the drunken idea to do this that we'd actually yeah, see it through? Yeah, it just goes to show how stubborn how stubborn we are. And also... because we're all massively competitive yeah, people. we've got to complete it. Um, but we will do um, an end of show, roundup, brilliant, extravaganza episode that you'll see it in your feed. So and we might even subscribe. record it. We might even record it in the in real. Yeah, in actual real life. IRL. So, yeah, come and find us online at Lovejoy Apod on Twitter and on Instagram. We're running the Royal Parts Half Marathon for Trinity Hospice in October. Oh, and we really need to raise more yeah. money. We have a minimum amount we have to raise because we're running for a charity. for charity. So please, 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 tell please, your please, friends. Please, please, put, put it on a notice board at work or something. And. Um, and I mean, if you just Google Lovejoy actually Royal Parks, you'll find it. And just to say, you know, you can give any amount. So like you look on there, you might see the amount. Don't worry about how much. And if you, you, don't, you can be anonymous, or whatever, but even if you give one pound. In fact, if everyone you who listened one gave pound, one pound, that would be super duper cool. We would meet our yeah. target. Because it makes it more people wonderful. feel able to give a pound. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's, you know, that would be amazing. So don't think, oh, I can't give... You know, I can't give this amount, so I can't give. We would be grateful, and Royal Trinity Hospice would be grateful for any amount. So please, just give give what you can if you can. We would so much appreciate it. Yeah, and it's a lovely way to sort of sign out of the podcast. We've had so much fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we do our big roundup episodes, that's when we'll we'll talk more about all of you listeners and all of the things we've learned over six series. Which is Definitely. completely crazy. Um, and and lots more about vague plans for the future. We've got to go on a Lovejoy road trip. and uh, We do. We definitely do. Definitely and, uh, I feel Hopefully like we've got to have COVID. Lovejoy Book Club. Um, Lovejoy Book Club. COVID will allow us eventually to go on this road trip. I mean, we still can't go abroad <laughs> can't, anytime can't soon, so why the heck not? That's fine. Um, I, can't, I don't know how to end it. I can't do it. I don't know what I'm doing. Um. We just need to say, we just need to say, be happy, listeners. Oh, be happy, listeners. Be happy, listeners. And thank you so much for indulging us on our journey. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. 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 You're not everybody's cup of tea, but you're a